0: To the War Report Podcast Network.
1: What is up, everybody? Welcome to the College Loop Game Day Special, a two-hour non-stop, all you can possibly think Auburn football show. Tar, how you feeling, buddy?
2: All you can eat Thursday night. There's SEC football on tonight. Missouri taking on uh, South, Dakota. Uh, South Dakota, and in uh, Auburn football. Two days away. You got
1: Florida, Utah is playing.
2: Uh, Florida, Utah this evening as well. Sorry, I have about that on the monitor. Yep, there is SEC football tonight. There's Auburn football on Saturday, and I am stoked. Daniel, how are you doing? You
3: know, you pretty much hit all the nails on the heads, man. Um, it's been a great day. Had a very nice round of golf at RTJ, so feeling good. The vibes are running high in Auburn, Alabama. Um, Finally, have a good-looking setup here in Auburn again. So that's an absolute dub, courtesy of my mother who's watching. Hi, mom. Uh, I've that's never done before. that, and she asked me to, so H-
2: had to had to oblige. Um, but just happy to be here, man. That's right. Hi, Daniel's mom. For those of you who have lived under a rock this week and have not seen anything about the College Loop live stream, that's jam-packed today. First off, we're glad you're here. Glad you had those those YouTube notifications on. Glad to have you hanging out. Make sure you drop comments throughout the show. We want to hear your feedback. The last 20 minutes or so, if we need to bleed over, that's fine. It's going to be us answering your questions. And if you guys have specific questions for guests on the show, that is absolutely encouraged. That is absolutely appreciated. The way we're going to go about this is we've got time slots with a star-studded lineup. Here in just a couple minutes, we're going to bring the College Loop Group of Five analysts, Jonathan Conley, on. He's going to talk about UMass and what they can look like. We've also got a preview coming out tomorrow with quite possibly the coolest – writer byline name I've ever heard. Johnny Deppin, the sports editor at the Daily Collegian for the University of Massachusetts Amherst. Uh, At 7.15, we will have Vince Wilfram of Eagle Eye TV talking Robbie Ashford quarterback, I guess, situation, all of that fun stuff. James Barnett, what's up, my man? Good to see you. Welcome to the stream. Glad you're here at 7.25, 7.25, we will have Ike on, he's, and we also will have Mike on, so we have all of the War Report here. Ike's going to talk breakout players. Mike G at 7.40, he's going to talk that receiver room. Dustin from the Uptempo podcast will be here later. That'll be the front seven outlook. Blake also will be there, so both the Uptempo boys will be here. He'll be talking DBs. Blake will be talking that at 8 o'clock, so at the top of the hour. Auburn Sports Network, Jacob Hillman will be here at 8.10. He's on his way back from... Tiger talk right now. So a lot of you guys, a lot, a lot of you guys are probably just fresh off listening that you can hear from him at 810 talking 2023 stat leaders. And then editor of the Auburn Plainsman, Jacob Waters, he'll be on at 8:20, talking the top five most important games of the 2023 season. And then we'll have Eagle Eye TV's very own scholarship award winner, by the way. Zach Card, he'll be on the show at 8:30, talking Auburn's floor and ceiling. In 2023 john crane i see your question about jarquez hunter i promise we are going to get to a running back segment very early very very early and we, and we will be talking that uh, here here shortly um but we're, we're we're gonna we're gonna reserve that one until we get a little more on on the stream and we're also going to talk a little bit to Ike can about that as well um hearing what they've got to say even if that's a little off script dylan did i get that did i get all that right I believe you did. It's
1: kind of hard to mess up when the graphic is just right there in your face.
2: Yeah, well, I'm, I'm trying to make sure that I don't mess up. That's okay. James, <laughs> you're a hype man. I appreciate you, man. You guys have me wanting to run through a wall. I'm excited with three freeze emojis, a couple of eyeballs. I mean, dude, we're just pumped. College football back is back. Auburn football is back on the plains. And if you're not already pumped enough, let's talk about that week one opponent. Let's bring on, Dylan, if you're good with this, let's bring on College Loop group of five analyst John Conley. Onto the show. John, how are you, my friend? Welcome back.
4: Oh, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I'm excited to be here. I'm super excited to break down this week one game. I'm excited that college football is getting up, getting started. Again, we've got some SEC ball going on. I've got some Sunbelt ball with me uh, going on as well. And so I'm super excited.
2: Good, man. Well, we're, we're pumped. We're glad to have you back. Analyzing some more G5 independent this time. And want to hear your thoughts on the UMass Minute win. Already 1-0 on the year floor is yours talk to us about strengths weaknesses what Auburn fans need to look out for things that you're looking for and and then we'll we'll kind of I'll shut up and let Dylan and Daniel k- kind of cook a little bit after you've you've given your speech
4: awesome well I gotta say it's really good the Minutemen started off 1-0 because after this weekend they're gonna need that one extra win because it is not gonna look pretty uh, after this Saturday I can guarantee you that uh the Minutemen came off of a really impressive is a a delicate word to walk around when it comes to their men- win against uh, New Mexico State. They played very scrappy on offense, a lot of big plays, a lot of kind of improvisation that came through. Uh, Tyson uh, Fomicon is their starting quarterback. This is his first real opportunity to get a chance to uh, start and play. He's been in Clemson for a little bit, went to Georgia Tech for a year, but now this is really his team. And this is his chance to show what he can do. And listen, he's an athlete. He can move around. He has a little bit of deceptive ability to kind of spread out a linebacker thin. Uh, but ultimately, pressure got gets the best of him in a lot of situations. And so if you're Auburn, uh, bring the pressure.
2: That tracks. What are we looking at on the defensive side of the ball? They did force. The U.S. did force some turnovers uh, on the, on yes, the defensive no. side of the ball. Yes.
4: So UMass actually impressed me a little bit in their defense. They like to play a really tight nickel defense. They like to bring in an extra defensive back. They typically play two to three linebackers at a time. Depending on the situation, they'll rush four, they'll rush three. Um, I noticed they like to rush three in empty sets uh, for the offense. They've got an eye to keep out for is Tyler Rudolph. He's their, He was their leading tackler this first game. He's a safety. He can fly, and he is everywhere where the ball is. So – Whether you're going to run the ball, whether you're going to pass the ball, you're going to see him out there. He's making plays. Uh, This team defensively is actually kind of fun to watch. Typically when you talk about things that are fun, you're talking about the offense. But this defense has some, some fast linebackers, some fast safeties, DBs that can really kind of be all over the place.
2: Right on, man. Well, WDE Chris Causey said, what's up, fellas? War Eagle. Hey, what's up, man? Thanks for joining on the stream. For those of you guys who are watching at home, if you've got questions for John Conley, this is your G5 guy. This is your time to pick his brain. So absolutely drop those in the comments. Dylan, Daniel, floors y'all to, to pick John's brain while we've got him at our disposal.
1: All right, John. So the biggest news that just broke for Auburn is the fact that Jarquez Hunter will not be on the field on Saturday. But here's the thing about Auburn's running back room. It's deep. It goes very yeah. deep. It is probably one of the deepest in the country. It is very it is it makes the Grand Canyon look not deep. That's how deep it is. That's yeah. And so this is gonna be the Damari Alston game right off the bat. But is there a shot that UMass seized an opportunity without Jarquest Hunter on the field?
4: My my short answer for that is, is honestly probably not. Uh, but here's one thing to look out for. They've got Uh, They've got some really good defensive linemen. Their linemen are are good. They can beat the trenches. The issue with them is their linebackers are a little small. So if you can get to the second level, get to those linebackers, especially if you can get a guard out there that can move up there with the run, it's going to be a breeze running through that team. Uh, That's something that uh, New Mexico State did a a little bit uh, with uh, Star and then with uh, David Pavia he was, or Diego Pavia, sorry, he was able to really kind of move around and use his ability to run to get through the linebackers, get to that second level. So if you can get to that second level with this uh, UMass defense, you're going to be just fine.
2: Right on. Daniel, any 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 further questions on that front? Also, I do want to mention the announcement of Jarquez Hunter not playing, and I know that was addressed earlier today, uh, earlier in the, in the chat by John Crane. Jarquez Hunter not expected to play per Justin Hokanson, of all three. Um, I don't expect it to be a huge, Blow, um, as John Crane just mentioned in the comments. You want to throw that? Can we throw that one up there real quick, Dylan um, uh is that is that a feature we have here? Yes, uh DeMar Alston. Yes, this dude's a beast. Um, and, and it was a matter of time. So I, I would not uh worry too much. Daniel, your your concern. Sorry to cut you off there.
3: No, you're all good. So, John, who is a name on the offensive side of the ball other than the quarterback for UMass? Not even gonna try that name. I know you just said it and I have full confidence you got it right. Um, my family watching would not be happy with me. This is a little bit of a um, I don't know what the word is here, not not hometown matchup, but you, you know what I'm saying. Uh, a little bit of one. So who's the name on the offensive side of the ball that I need to be looking out for?
4: Uh, to me, I, I've got two. Uh, it's their starting okay. running back, uh, uh, K. Ron Lynch Adams. Uh, he had a, actually a very impressive game on the ground: 15 carries, 79 yards. Again. This team likes to – it was a lot of big plays, big, big chunk plays. Uh, He was able to get to that second level of linebackers and even get a couple times into their defensive backs with some big runs. Uh, And then my other one is Anthony Simpson. Uh, He was their second leading receiver, but he had the most catches on the team. This team's not going to throw a lot. This team's going to be a lot of running, whether it's with the quarterback or it's with their running backs. They're not going to toss it around a lot. They had uh, 10 total catches. In this, uh, in this entire game against New Mexico. So they're not throwing it a lot. But when they are, look for Anthony Simpson to make a play because I think he's a guy that
5: can.
1: But making a play is going to be very hard whenever you're going against guys like DJ James, Nehemiah Pridgett, Keontae Scott, uh, Jalen Simpson, Zion Puckett, Kyan Lee, Champ Anthony. I could, I could go on and on and on and on. Daniel?
3: Sorry, I just had to interject here. Um on the second, no, first play from scrimmage, uh touchdown Utah, uh 70 yard touchdown reception from Money Parks. Uh figured everyone listening might be interested in that. But yeah.
6: And,
2: and that's without Utah without Cam rising, right? Correct. Wow. Okay. Interesting. Those sorry uh, those, Daniel. Those interesting.
1: Uh, Daniel, I'm watching the game. It's not no one scored yet. <laughs> Utah just got the ball. <laughs> Dude, I must be ahead of you because I promise it just happened. You're ahead of the ESPN <laughs> app, too. Or you You must be watching it from Utah, dude. <laughs> I,
2: I promise. Did it just happen? Or you could be watching it on YouTube TV. Anyways.
1: I, I could be very
2: late. In, I don't know. I'm
1: still on highlights. While, while we
2: still got you, John, um, yeah. since we're not talking about uh, Florida, this is not a Florida podcast. Uh, while while Florida. we still got you, you, UMass can hang with Auburn for how long? How many quarters? How many minutes of game time?
4: Um, Umass I I really think can hang they can hang with them through the first quarter maybe going into halfway into the second quarter uh, roughly uh the big big thing for Umass is you have to take advantage of that big play offense that you like to try uh you have to take advantage of of trying to take shots throw it deep uh use the running game that you do have with your running backs and your mobile quarterback to you know cause some confusion on defense uh, but I, I, I wrote it down here, uh, as long as Hugh Freeze does this right here, it says blitz. Uh, <laughs> as long as he does that and makes uh, this this first-year starting quarterback, his first year getting a chance to start, make him uncomfortable. You make him uncomfortable. You make him have to second-guess what he's going to do, make him try to play superhero ball. It's going to be a done and deal before we even start the game.
2: That's... uh. I I like that. Do you have a a final score prediction you can give us?
4: Oh, gosh. Um, Probably in the realm of maybe 63. We'll go 13.
2: 63-13 Auburn. Okay. Um, While while we've still got you, before you get out of here, we did have someone say, can't wait to watch Damari step up. Do we think that Jeremiah Cobb will see the field? That's actually a really good question. I don't know. Um, I would, I would think that he may get some touches this game and that's going to be a great question for, for Mike, Mike G and, and for I, those guys are probably going to have a little better Intel on that front, but you also want to be pl- careful with that red shirt, gentlemen, mm-hmm. um, John, just out of your matter of opinion, is this, is this a game worth burning a red shirt, uh, burning one of your four red shirt games on?
4: Um, I would, I would probably lean against no, uh, if you're going to use a red shirt, if you're going to burn one of these games for your red shirt, especially against, One of your, you know, cupcake games that you want to have it make it against New Mexico State. Do it against the Iron. Do it in that game prepping for the Iron Bowl, and then that way too, if needed, you can use him uh, in that game if push comes to shove. So I would say, kind of, I I would be a little hesitant against burning one of his games for right now. Wait until a little bit later on in the year when you know, in case you absolutely need him.
2: Excellent, Uh, good good take there, John. Um, Dylan, I'm I'm gonna let John get out of here because we do have somebody else waiting backstage. Is that unless you've got I mean, something to grab for? Dude,
4: well,
1: i was gonna go ahead and say Daniel bought the pack, has a Pac-12 network, and with that, he has a fiber running from the Pac-12 network to his apartment. Because I just saw the touchdown that he just mentioned about 45 seconds ago.
2: <laughs> or it could uh, be the PFC I wasn't enough. making it
1: up. <laughs> it could it be that way around. Behind. I just have bad <laughs> connection, but I do um, think we should probably go around around the horn, kind of giving up some upgraded
2: uh, predictions because we did give ours like very long ago. We will do. We will do. You do. Uh, you, Daniel, and I will do that at the bottom of the show. I promise. Gotcha. Um, B. Will's forehead, college football on one screen, and the college loop on the other. Happy college football season, and War Eagle. That sounds like a damn good evening. Um, thank you so much, B. Will's forehead. You're the man, John. Thanks so much for coming back on, man. Our G5 analyst, the man, the uh, an absolute dog. Tell everybody where they can find you, where they can come hang out with you on Twitter, and
4: talk some ball. Absolutely, I've had a, a pleasure being here. I, I love being here. I'll be here anytime you ever want me. Uh, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at John Lee 49. Uh, that is where typically I post all of my things on Twitter. I'm very active. I'm always posting about sports um, and just other life things. And so that's typically where you can uh, interact with me there. So, yeah.
2: Right on. John Conley, everyone. Thanks so much, buddy. We'll see you soon.
4: Awesome. Thank you, guys.
2: Yes, sir. All right. At this time. Oh, sorry, Dylan, I'm just going to let you manipulate yeah. that. Um, first off, we have to ask this one. This is hilarious. Um, where is it at? Um, does Daniel's dad own the locked on network uh, from Riley M are you well Riley
3: up? unfortunately no uh, my father's a software engineer however the um, David Locke who does own the locked on network the founder of it former um, play-by-play announcer for the Utah Jazz I have met him twice and I have told him that my my goal is to have a locked on podcast one day because you know it's just too
0: perfect it like t-
3: locked on Patriots with Daniel Locke like come on
2: like you can't beat that, too too perfect. All right, at this time, let's bring on a minute late. Sorry, sorry for the advertising, false advertising, folks. Let's bring on Vince Wolfram of Eagle Eye TV. My man, the man, the myth, the legend, on? the certified ball knower. How you doing, my man?
7: I'm doing well. How about yourself?
2: Hey man, better now that you're here. Oh, better shoot, now that. Ditto. You're here. Ditto. That's right, man. Are you uh you, you what what games you got on behind on other screens right now? You can be honest with us.
7: Um, I'm actually not watching any. So I'm oh, trying to just. Yeah. Trying to keep it cool till I know Georgia Tech, Louisville. I'm from Louisville. I'm not a Louisville fan though. Just are you going to the game? No, I just I'm gonna watch it tomorrow night. I'll, I'll okay. be tuned. Um, and then Saturday, you know, stake out. Just That's watch right. all those games. I'm excited.
2: That's right, man. Well, well, we're excited to be talking Auburn ball with you right here, right now. I was hoping Absolutely. you're going to Tech game because I'm going to Tech game tomorrow night. Um, let's let's start off really really quick before we jump into the quarterback conversation. Um, James Barnett had another really good one fellows. The question is how long will Cobb stay once he actually starts playing, whether it's this year or next year, he plays two good years and he's probably gone. Right. Thanks. Our thoughts. Um, I think Jeremiah Cobb's committed to Auburn, uh, in terms of, if, if, we're, if we're worried about him going elsewhere via the portal, I think of, he
1: means NFL. Uh,
2: I was about to say, I, I mean, <laughs> pretty sure, I'm pretty sure he means NFL. Two, two and gone feels like, I mean, you feel like you can get three out of them, but, um, uh, <laughs> but, but, I don't think that it's. Uh, I I don't think it's going to take a very long to get the league. I think it's going to take two full seasons, uh, and I think it'll probably be next year, um, assuming that Jarquez Hunter gets on the field soon uh, for Auburn, uh, which I don't think it'll be very far far off. Um, Riley M said Cobb's gone his junior year. I I agree. Um, so yeah, Riley M also expanded on his backstory about how he wanted you to be uh, your own man and strike out his own with the college loop. That's great. Um, we're learning all kinds of Daniel Locke lore right here, Vince. But let's talk quarterback kind of lore. But let's let's talk let's talk Auburn quarterbacks for a minute here. Um, your starter and team captain, Peyton Thorne, your shiny that you got from Michigan State, had a great year in 2021. Had a pretty average year in 2022. Um, where's your head at in terms of the state of this quarterback room? Who's going to get to play on on Saturday? Are they all going to get to play on Saturday? Probably. Um and, and what do you want to see from each guy? What's a successful day for each guy?
7: Yeah, so obviously I think the big thing with Thorne, uh obviously we know his game. Uh last year wasn't his best year. I like you said, 2021, he had a great year. I think it was 37 touchdowns, 10 picks, where last year he was was much short of that with eleven picks. So obviously he didn't live up to the expectation that he did the year before last year, but that's that's where growth comes in and coming into a program where he can where he's sort of has that ability to dominate, has the pieces around him to do so, um, has an offensive line that's grown a lot since Hugh has come in and taken over. Um, and he's a quarterback that I think can thrive in a system like Coach Freezes. Um, and he's very, I would say he's solid, he's stable. Um, and that I think is what a team like this may need. Um, and like you said, like we might see different quarterbacks tomorrow. Or not tomorrow. I just wish it was tomorrow. Gosh. Um, we could see multiple quarterbacks Saturday. I don't think that's out of the question. I think we will see them because I don't think that UMass will stand much of a chance. Um, sure. So I, I think that, that we will see a bunch of heads uh, catching snaps. But um, I think the big thing for Thorne is being named a captain. That tells us a lot for not having seen him play in an Auburn uniform. Um being a guy that's come in and been here for what, four or five months, and he's already named one of the top four leaders on the team. And having that, having that title to his name, I think is, is, is a powerful thing. It shows his, his leadership. It shows his connection with the guys on the team, with the coaching staff, just in the position that he's in. Uh, I think it holds a lot of weight, um, which hopefully not only does it back off the football field, but it's backed on the football field. And, and that's what we'll see come Saturday. And I hope, I hope guys like Robbie can get in and, and ma- make their case for for why they think they can still be the guy. And you never know; it could take one play, and the whole the whole situation can be changed. And it could be a Rob a year, or it could be a Holden year. Um, Harris, I know that's your guy, boy. Um, so anything anything can change. You never know what will happen. Um, but if they're rocking with Thorne, I'm rocking with Thorn. Um, they're rocking with whoever they're rocking with. I'm rocking with them. So well, right I'm, I'm excited to see how
2: how it play, how it pans yeah. out. Yeah, you just gave Dylan an end to get on his Robbie Ashford pedestal, so let's, uh, let's try to keep an <laughs> objective here, Dylan.
7: Toss the oop, i let Dylan donk it.
1: So, as I've said before, this is going to be Robbie Ashford's team by probably week three. Uh, I, I think that Robbie Ashford can run this offense better than anybody else just because the RPO system is kind of what Hugh Freeze has seen as his bread and butter over the last few years. We saw what he did with Malik Willis. I trust what he can do with Robbie Ashford, and, I mean, if that takes a couple of games for him to get there, I'm all for it. I can, I'll stick behind Thorne, uh, but believe me, I will be very braggadocious whenever, whenever Robbie Ashford steps in as the starting quarterback for a game. <laughs>
7: yeah. Yeah, and okay. I, I, I think, too, just with Robbie coming off the year that he had, um, playing with, I believe it was a torn rotator cuff. I know people that have a torn rotator cuff, they can't lift their arm above their shoulder, so I don't know how he even threw the ball. Um, so to see that will be will be interesting. And how many times he'll throw, we don't know. He might take off running every single play, but I'm honestly okay with that. Um, so we'll, we'll see. I think, like you said, Dylan, like I think both guys are very, very, very solid options. I don't think you can go wrong with either one. I'm interested to see a, a healthy Robbie in the pocket um, with an offensive line that hopefully he trusts a little more than he did last year. Um, but I'm also intrigued to see the newness of Peyton Thorne in a system like this um, with the emotion that's going to be behind him in this game with a whole new team um, that these fans this audience is still getting used to um, and they're probably still getting used to each other so the game experience will help in that sense as well but like I said I'm excited to see it. it's a toss-up but we're just gonna have to see who comes down with it
1: And yeah, you well, talk about rotator cuffs I mean Tar complains about his every time he shoots like three basketball. <laughs> Yeah, okay. He shoot the basketball three times, and he'll be like, ah. why well, I play golf now.
7: Ah. <laughs> Harrison Stockton. That's what we know. <laughs> that's, something like
2: that. <laughs> Riley M's got the real questions here. What I'm curious about is if Holden gets happy feet and Robbie can't go, I already love how hypothetical this is. This is beautiful. <laughs> worded, great. Is it Hank the Tank, which I, we refer to him around here as the baby goat, um, Hank Brown, that goes in. I, I don't know if you see Hank Brown. I'm, I'm just, I'm just going to be honest, fellas. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know that you get that deep. Maybe New uh, Mexico State for funsies. Yeah, maybe <laughs> for funsies. just for kicks and giggles. I'm not entirely sure uh, that, that you see Hank Brown um, maybe at all this season, um, maybe at all at Auburn. I'm really not sure how he fits, to be completely honest with you, with Walker White coming in next year. Uh, but, you know, um, with Robbie Ashford battling an injury, there, I mean, I guess if there was a game that, that you could see Hank Brown, I guess it would be this week. So uh, we'll see. Uh, or so maybe whenever
1: they're up by 40 in the iron bowl maybe you'll see Hank Brown come in for a couple snaps.
2: <laughs> right. <laughs> right.
3: <laughs> I, um... That is actually a perfect lead into a question I had for Vince. So obviously Vince like what do you think kind of the advantages are to Auburn's situation where yeah, he's it's it's a used car, he's new to you, but you have two seasons of film on him versus what's going on in Tuscaloosa where they've got three guys none of which have really gotten in games much. And the one player who has started the game is Jayla Milrow, and the less said about that abysmal game against the Aggies last fall, the better. So kind of like if you had to pick one, which situation would you want?
7: I'm if taking the experience. Sense. Yeah, okay. I mean, experience, I think yeah. I'd take experience in that situation um, just based off like they're guys who have played in real games, not practice, not spring ball. But real football games in front of thousands and thousands of people. Michigan State isn't an easy place to play. You still play Ohio State. You still play at Purdue. You still play like Michigan. I mean, you play Michigan in the big house. It's the biggest atmosphere in college football. Like he is, he's built like he can play this game. And we know that Um, he did that in 2021 and we saw he was dominant. Um, And I hope that we see that here. Um, I think he has the potential to do great things um same with Robbie if he gets that chance like I said um it'll be a toss-up and whoever comes down with it I think will play great uh in the spot that they are but I would much rather have experience over like three high caliber guys that haven't seen a real college game in front of thousands and thousands of
1: people I wouldn't get so far to call Tyler Buckner a high caliber guy (laughs) but we should look out it's Alabama I've been hearing that Nick Saban has been smiling at press conferences so we should all be like shivering in our, our tempers now. right now for some reason
2: all right vince give me two things from you one tell everybody where uh your, your score prediction for auburn versus umass on saturday and two let's uh let's let's hear a plug for everyone who can find you love you support you i heard rumor mill has it that there's a new invincible coming out tomorrow that babe wake up the truth
7: <laughs> when you sent me that i died laughing that was so funny um yes score prediction i'll go Forty-four, fourteen. I say, give him two scores, a little mercy. Um, <laughs> and then, where you can find me, I'm on Twitter at Vince Wolfram15, on Instagram at Vince Wolfram. My media account is in my bio. And yes, tomorrow, Friday, September first, new episode of Invincible with the one and only Takio Spikes. Um, yo. Releasing, releasing the full version on youtube as well in addition to the short segment of my show where i also talk a little bit about nebraska volleyball last night right on and cam newton hyping up the game today so well yeah vince, goodness
2: vince thanks so much for joining us man we're, we're gonna send you down to the depths uh we're running a little bit behind schedule what else is new with the college loop but we really really appreciate you you're coming on man it's always a pleasure to talk ball welcome back anytime
7: absolutely appreciate you boys hey war eagle let's have war fun you, tomorrow war fun Saturday, vince, roll from everyone
2: and now we're going to welcome on some dude you've probably never heard of, um, but he's, he's, he knows ball a little bit. So let's bring uh, let's bring Mr. Ike Jones up to the stage of the War Report. Um, Ike, how you, how you doing, man? Good to see you, brother.
8: I'm good, man. You know, just out here enjoying a lovely Thursday. College football already in full swing. A five-day straight weekend of college football. Gotta love it. Yeah, just, there's just Hallelujah. not enough screens. There's just simply not enough screens this weekend.
1: You're not trying hard enough, then. That's right. You are not trying hard enough. That's right.
2: That's right. Ike, we brought you on to talk about uh, breakout players for, for the Tigers in 2023. Mm-hmm. We want to get your thoughts on a couple things first. First and foremost, talk to us about this Jarquez situation um, and, and and where your head's at. Um, I'm just going to open the floor there.
8: Uh, I mean, not entirely unexpected. I'm going to be honest with you. I had been saying for a couple of weeks that I thought that it would be prudent for them to hold him out at least a half of football, if not a full game. Um, it didn't look like it was going to happen when uh, the the two deep was announced. It looked like oh, okay, well, he's cool, he's on there. Uh, but you know, Coach Hugh Freeze also made it very clear it's a bunch of rubbish. I don't care anything about this two deep chart. So, um, not su- super surprised about it, but definitely also not worried because I don't think. I mean, we've got a great running back room. I don't think that Jarquez Hunter is going to be the difference in a in us winning this football game Saturday. So.
2: Chris B. said I like Ike by the way yeah so do we um so uh, we, we'll, we'll thank we'll keep, you. we'll keep him around or actually rather he'll keep us around we hope <laughs> um, but um beyond that ike before we get back into the breakout players any any injuries really concerning you for this weekend um in terms of limited reps um that you uh, kind of put out into the sphere
8: i mean concerning i don't know that there' i, I just feel like we're deep enough at every position where there's not going to be anything necessarily that i'm concerned about uh nehemiah Pritchett is iffy right now as to whether or not he's going to play, but I'm super excited about the other guys that we have on the outside in Canley and, Can Lee and um, Champ Anthony. So not really worried as to whether or not they will be sufficient to fill in. Um, I'd be even more uh, over the moon if JD Rim was, was healthy, right? Because I think he's going to be phenomenal on the outside at some point in time. Uh, so, I mean, there may be some depth issues when you get into that sort of thing on the outside, but um, not super worried there. The only other one that I even consider significant enough to again, concern is, is a higher level than I, I I just don't think that UMass is going to put up enough resistance for me to be concerned about anybody's injury. Uh, But the only other guy that I would consider to be iffy, like whether or not he's going to play. I don't think that uh, Nick Mardner is going to see a lot of snaps and I'm don't know how they're going to manage Robbie Ashford's injury. Right. Um, Again, not, neither of those guys a situation where if Robbie Ashford doesn't play, there's no way we can beat UMass. Like, no, that's not right. a real thing. Nick um, Mardner doesn't play. We're doomed, right? Like, there's no c- concern there. But what I would like to see is them getting game reps uh, with some of the guys that they can they, they will consider to be part of a normal rotation. So um, I guess that's the only legitimate concern is in regard to injury for me. Sure.
1: Yeah, and then with the start of this new season, and all, a lot of new players have joined this team. Auburn now has, the, I believe, had the third or fifth Treasure Portal class by 24-7. I think it was third. Or at third. least it was at some point. Third. And mm-hmm. there's going to be a lot of new names. I have on my list that I made, I only have one transfer on here. But, Ike, I, I'm going to let it start off with you. Choose a breakout player for the 2023 season.
8: Uh, I mean, listen, Damari Austin's going to have an amazing season. Let's be clear. He is a guy that a lot of Auburn fans have not had an opportunity to see, but in the limited opportunities that I think that he's had, he's shown flashes of amazing. Um, and I think that he's got all of the elements necessary to be a really solid football player. Um, he's he, his, In his own words, if you listen to the fireside that we had, he's gotten faster while getting bigger. So that's like crazy. Um And he has just amazing contact balance. So uh, you're going to need a guy who is able to take punishment and still stay on his feet uh, in order to be special in, in the football as a running back. And I think that he has the elements to be able to do that. Uh, You can catch the ball out of the backfield, got good speed. So, and he's got good vision as well. So um, I think he is poised for a breakout year this year. Uh, And I, I would think the exact same way about that. If, I knew Jarquez Hunter was going to play every single game.
1: I like that. I stuck a running back with mine as well. I got Brian mm-hmm. Uh Also for the offensive side of the game and the return side of the game, uh, yeah. I think that he's going to give Auburn their
8: – I just wonder who's going to be the first foolish person to give him a returnable kick this season. I uh, know, UMass. I <laughs> you think UMass is going to do it? They're just going to uh, be like, oh, we'll see. We'll see what it, he can it, do.
1: It would be the most <laughs> Auburn thing in the world to get the stadiums rocking on the first – play of the game yeah uh take the take the first kickoff back that would
8: be nuts by the way if if auburn receives first and the first kickoff goes to brian Petit and he houses it i would just
1: the store they they'd rush the field
8: yeah no. but umass would just leave they're just like all right well, <laughs> it was this was a fun trip can we still get the check yeah right <laughs> just go that, ahead and give us our buyout money and we'll protect our health <laughs>
1: I, I would definitely take that check as well i'd go ahead and forfeit. <laughs>
2: Can we go and cash it day of of, of cutting? Is that, is, right. that, is
8: that an option? Can y'all just deposit it directly into the account? No checks, just, you know, yeah. wire transfer. And we take Venmo. Like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> UMass kicker cannot kick a ball into the end zone.
2: Expect a special teams master class. Uh, that's from Jonathan Conley, our uh, group of five analysts over here. Um, mm-hmm. So there, you heard it from uh, from Jonathan Conley. He said it himself that, that uh, Auburn's returning the opening kickoff. I'm twisting his words. Um, <laughs> But, Daniel, who you got, a breakout player for 2023? Ooh, so this is one that I've been,
3: you know, I've been thinking about this since February, man. Um, it's very, very intriguing of a question. But you guys know, I predicted this before both of you. I've got the receipts. I've got it screen recorded on my iPhone. <laughs> Nick Mardner is that man. And he will okay. continue to be that way. He, he might not play a ton this weekend, but Cal Golden Bears week two. Watch out because Nick Marner's coming.
1: Hey, I, hmm. I had him on my honorable mentions,
3: yeah. I have my top five, but I have my that's not mentions. the same as having a number one. Hey, tar okay, <laughs> fair, fair point, fair point.
2: That I mean, that's a statement of fact.
1: <laughs> tar, who you got, man?
2: Man, I, I really like what Elijah McAllister brings to the table, um, hmm. in, in terms of impact transfer. Um, you need some experience there. I mean, hell, you need some experience there. Um, and and I think that. Maybe not as much as like flashy play kind of guy, as much as great um, leadership presence on that defense. Um, and I mean, I, I think that his film speaks for itself. He's, he's a, he he played well at Vanderbilt. Um, that's that really does say something, by the way. Um, so I'm 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 actually I'm keeping my eye on on uh, Elijah McAllister uh, throughout the year. Um, and also Ike really really hit the nail on the head. Damari is gonna be freaking awesome. Yeah, um, that dude is is and we've known he's special for a long time. Um, this running back room has dudes on dudes on dudes. You could probably list several of them yeah, in your sure. breakout top five and, and still make sense. So um, I'm just staying 50 feet clear of the quarterback conversation. That's just not something I'm getting
1: into. <laughs> well, another guy I have listed on mine is Jalen Simpson. Uh, mm, uh, I, I, think, I think with Auburn's loaded defensive back room, you're going to be trying to test him as much as you can, and I think Simp's going to take full advantage of that, and you're going to hear a lot more about him later on in the show when, when Jacob Hillman is here. Because I have some takes about Mister J-Sepp himself, hmm. uh, but honorable mention—I think you're gonna love this one. I have Reed Hughes listed as one of my breakout players. All right, Reed Be- Hughes beat, beat H- Quadrobaum out for the starting long snapper position, <laughs> so I'm expecting a big season from from running with Reed himself.
8: Okay, uh,
2: Dylan's <laughs> such a goofball. I mean, look at this dude; he's wearing two hats right now. Okay. um but yeah it is what it is what it is ike thanks for joining joining us today i'm sorry for stealing just 10 minutes of your time we're trying to keep things rolling a little bit here
8: well, can um, i get can i give you guys a second player really quick before oh I get yeah out of here? not allowed sorry another Jalen Jalen mcleod he's gonna have a breakout
2: season oh so. i like it i like it i like Ike asking if he can uh, give us another answer as if we were a going to tell him no and b he's not our boss <laughs> um <that's>, uh, <laughs> That's McLeod,
1: a, McLeod causes more disruption against the Jimbo Fisher-led team and gets him fired. on September twenty-fourth, I'm going to have
2: fifteen different scenarios on how Auburn's going to be. Oh, uh,
1: I I know that I'm already on some Texas and message board. I'm in their locker rooms. I already know. i arguably saying, on a
8: hit list.
2: Probably, they have the money. <laughs> I tell everybody where they can find you. Love you, support you, my friend.
8: Yeah, uh, we are the War Report everywhere, so you can definitely find the channel uh, in all of those places. If you want to follow me on Twitter, it is twr Ike Jones. I'm there tweeting uh, occasionally whenever I feel like it.
2: That's right. Ike, thanks for joining us, my friend Ike Jones. Everybody, yep. and we're gonna keep it with the War Report theme here, and then we're gonna talk a little bit of wide receivers. Let's bring Mike G up here. Uh, Mike G's hanging out backstage. I'm not sure if he's uh if he's uh, got his camera on or not, but he's he's around. Um, <laughs> So we'll go ahead and bring Mike G up um, here, here for a second. He's in the stream. Uh, Mike, you with us? Maybe not. We can, we can give him a moment. Um, now is actually a great time for me to remind everybody who's on the stream that if you're feeling a little bit loopy, we can help you out with that. Yes. And, and if you don't have one already, football season starts on Saturday. Auburn football starts on Saturday. Go pick up a College Loop War Report Podcast Network co-branded Feeling Loopy t-shirts. We got five colorways. It is the most comfortable shirt you will ever own, probably in your lifetime. And um, sources are saying, sources, trust me, bro, um, that this is one of the best $25 you'll ever spend. They're available only at thewarreport.com, but you can find them in the link in the description to this live stream. It'll also be up and published on YouTube YouTube immediately following the conclusion of the live stream. We'll also have it on our streaming platforms, whether that be on Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, Amazon podcast and Amazon Podcasts. music. Yeah, wherever else you might find things. So well, right, do-
1: I've also heard 10 out of 10 cardiologists agree that once you put on the feeling loopy shirt, your heart actually starts feeling better.
3: Well, and then in addition to that, 10 out of 10 podiatrists say that if you wear it while running a marathon, you'll be Usain Bolt.
2: That's true. Um, AJ Rivera says it right here. Y'all are missing out for real. Super comfy. Um, So one out of one, AJ Rivera says that uh, this is the most comfortable shirt you'll ever own. So um, Riley M said, yo, this is wild, LOL. I'm not sure what the context is, um, but yeah, um, Mike G's around here somewhere. He's backstage. Um, He may pop in a little bit later. I promise we're not stalling too hard. Let's (laughs) open up the wide receiver conversation real quick. Gentlemen, while we wait on Mike, um, I'm certain that he will. He will turn up and surface here. If right we here. say
1: Jay fair enough, he'll, he'll appear. Yeah,
2: every, everyone in the comments, just drop, just drop Jay fair in the comments. Just, <laughs> just drop it in the comments. Just spam he, Jay
1: fair and, and Mike G will appear. And, and <laughs>
2: he, he, he will respond. Um, so that, 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 will happen. So let's see it. AJ Rivera says my space, page, my space page question mark. You guys get us to a thousand subs. We're going to haze. I mean, teach uh, Colin how to uh, run on, on MySpace. Uh, But let's, let's open up the wide receiver room conversation. Followers. We know Nick Warner's battling a little bit of injuries. There is a very interesting opportunity for a lot of guys to see the field this weekend. Um, so, Daniel, I'm going to open it up to you first. I know you were talking about Nick Marner a little bit. Um, yeah. where, who do you expect to see get the ball um, and actually get some meaningful PT? Uh, and, and, and what you want to see for it to be a successful uh, weekend or Saturday from the rece- uh, receiver room. And James Burnett said, Jay is that dude. So here comes Mike G's. Got to be coming. Riley M. also mentioned I was referring to pulling up these – uh, there he is. Oh, well, there he was. You <laughs> only said it once. You gotta say it three times to get him to appear. That's right. If we say Jay Fair one more time, will you come back up on the screen? Mike Mike G. Did you say it? There he is. <laughs> <laughs> we knew if we did it enough. It would happen. What's Mike, going on, fellas?
0: Doing, uh doing great, guys. Thanks for having me on tonight. Uh college football is back. Right now, Utah is playing Florida enthusiastically. Uh, Florida's losing, but hopefully <laughs> they represent the SEC. What, what's going on with Dylan up here? I've,
2: Dylan's yeah. got a lot of
0: things going on these days.
2: Not Mike, didn't this. you tweet yesterday that he's smoking? Like, you know, there's something not right with this guy. <laughs>
1: I've, I've been a Utah supporter for the past few years now. Oh, I see. They're my, they're my Pac-12 team.
2: He's a little bit of a Cam Rising truther in his in his defense. Oh, he's on the
1: enough. rise. Cam Rising's on the rise.
0: Uh, oh, listen,
2: we all have sins that we need to
0: ask the Lord for forgiveness for. Uh, so I'm, I'm here for you, bro. I, I, I forgive you in advance. <laughs> well, apparently
2: I need to repent for returning my shopping carts. And I'm, I'm not going to forget about that. So. <laughs> no, definitely not. <laughs> That's awesome. Mike, we're, we brought you on Talk Receivers. Give Absolutely. us a rundown of the guys that you're expecting to see get, get meaningful snaps. Should be get, get a lot of them um, well, on, on Saturday.
0: Well, the obvious name that you guys know that I'm going to mention here is Jay Fair. He... <laughs> No he way. killed it this. He killed it this all season, man. Uh, he got on to Hugh Freeze's like accountability squad, right? Like they they took team leaders from every position, and they said these are the guys that we want to hold everybody else accountable. Um, you know, as a true sophomore, I th- I think that that's an amazing accomplishment to be looked at that way. Uh, Damari Austin as well was on that list, and some other notable names. But we're talking wide receivers. Uh, this was a injury riddled camp and summer for Auburn at the wide receiver position. So as a result, some guys got some time that uh, we may not have expected. Uh, Now, who was that? Uh, Well, Omari Kelly got a lot of burn, right? Nick Martyr got a chance to step up a lot. I know a lot of people are excited about seeing him. He's a tall guy, a rangy guy that should be able to go out and, and, and and go, go up and catch some balls, right? The, Hugh Freeze talked about range when he talked about receiving in this league and having receivers that had range. Martner is potentially one of those guys, right? So you've got Javaris Johnson and you've got Jay fair there, uh, who both will play and see significant time. I expect Javaris Johnson is an experienced guy. Listen, man, if he knows his assignments and he knows what he's supposed to be doing and he does it to max effort, I expect him to be out there quite a bit. Um, But after that, you've got Camden Brown, who, again, was a little hampered by injuries, coming into camp, um, and I'll be interested to see what they do with him. Coy Moore was also hampered by injuries. These are all guys that were potential starters. So they've had to look two, three deep on the depth chart to to make sure that they have guys ready just in case these guys can't go or are not going to be ready coming back from from nagging injuries this offseason. Caleb Burton has struggled to come along. I don't expect to see a ton of him. Uh, But Shane Hooks. Shane Hooks has been the – You talk of the offseason, outside of Jay fair of course, because Jay fair is electric, (laughs) according to our football themselves. Uh, And if, uh, you know, listen, guys, if if J-Fair is electric, you know, Shane Hooks is dynamic. And what do I mean by that? Well, you're talking about a guy who can go up and make every kind of catch for you. Uh, This might be very important for Payne Thorne in his first start. The guy that can catch anything that's thrown within three yards of him nuts crazy to think or we talked about this over and over again Auburn has had um the last thousand yard receivers was Ronnie Daniels 1999 Darwin Adams came close it has not been a area where Auburn has excelled can Shane Hooks come in and give Peyton Thorne or whoever's playing quarterback behind them a big target to throw the ball at that you can depend on on third down when you need when you get first down and it's third and nine who are you throwing the ball up to right now it looks like it could be Shane Hooks to just win his matchup. So it's going to be exciting to see these matchups against inferior competition. And yes, I'm saying it. UMass is inferior in every single way. A lot of people left last week, week zero thinking, oh, they're better than we thought they were. No, they're not. New Mexico state was just not as good as you thought they were hurt. They, they're not a good team, right? Uh, Chan can give you a little trouble for a little bit, but you know, ultimately I expect Auburn to, physically dominate this game and as a result i expect the receivers to get out and make some plays so uh it's, i'm excited i'm excited to watch this receiving core man like hugh freeze produces 800 yard receivers every year like you know like it's easy and those numbers are fairly prolific at auburn guys <laughs> An 800 yard receiver come on man that doesn't happen very often these guys are barely breaking 500 yards most years
2: Mike, you mentioned that the last time Auburn has had a 1,000-yard receiver was 1999?
0: Yeah, Brian Daniels. Uh,
2: fun fact, nobody on the college loop was alive. Um, so just, wow. just, just for some context there. Yikes, man. I started college at Auburn two years later. Right. Uh, I mean, that, that wasn't designed to be a sneak-dissing <laughs> you, Mike. But, yeah, <laughs>
0: all right. All right. It hurt. It was my birthday it was uh, a couple weeks ago, so it hurt. Yeah, you tell me
2: I return my shopping carts. So I'm gonna do that kind of stuff. Just <laughs>
0: <mind>. <laughs> it's uh, it's it's been a long time, right? And I think that this is gonna be top of the list for Hugh Freeze, right? Is bring the four back pass back to Auburn football. It's got to be a thing in today's football if you want to win. Uh, what they did in 2010 with Cam and you know all the rushing yards that that was totally anomalous, guys. Sure, that's not how people are winning. Everything about that team and that championship was anomalous. Uh, and so, if you want to compete at a high level, you need dynamic quarterback play, and you need dynamic receivers to go out and catch passes for those those quarterbacks. So, uh, just really interested to see what Hugh Freeze can do with these guys, and 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 you'll we'll see we'll see if the if the receiving core plays better than what we're used to.
1: And Mike, looks like you got you uh, you got a nice little comment uh, for your boy. Is Jay Fair the next Ryan Davis?
0: No, he's the next Jay Fair. He's better. <laughs> he's better. Okay. J yeah. Fair.
2: They also uh, elaborated. Jay Fair and Ryan Davis both five ten one eighty six. That would be nice if, he, if they played the same. Yeah, I think he's better. Uh,
1: did, Ryan Davis didn't get a lot of didn't get a lot of uh, help from the scheme. I will say.
0: Yeah, I'm telling. Well, <laughs> not even Jay Fair last year, but um, <laughs> we're hoping that that's the thing that Hugh Freeze fixes. Right? It's like you could be a dynamic talent and a terrible offense, but there weren't like you know Coymore came on. Our show and said he felt like there were two thousand yard receivers in all. And you know, a lot of people laughed at that, and then the season went the way it went, right? But ultimately, they just they never got a thousand yards worth of opportunities last year in that system, just weren't there. There's no way to have a thousand-yard receiver. Hugh Freeze has said over and over again, I'm going to do what I do, I'm not gonna change who I am. He feels like he's been successful, they're gonna pass the ball, they're gonna run the ball but they're going to pass the ball. And he was pretty adamant that teams aren't just going to let you line up and do one thing constantly. So now let you do that. I get it. I like that this coach has that mentality.
2: I respect that. Can we get a score prediction for Saturday from you real quick?
0: Uh, Yes, 49-21. 49-21? Oh. I
2: think they get some
0: garbage time touchdowns against second and third team defense. I'm not so sure how Auburn is going to do on that D-line late in the game. So – uh, fluky touchdown, right? Like it's not uncommon to see a weaker sure. opponent like come out and score on the first drive. I get that. You know, actually, right? Yeah, first game of the season.
1: We actually got two more comments re- referring to the wide receiver core. Okay. We got Chris B talking about Shane Hooks. I'm thinking Hooks becomes the guy for Thorne this year, replacing Keon Coleman from Michigan State. Same build, same catch radius, a la Duke Williams, et cetera.
0: Yeah, man. As long as he, as long as he works, if he works and he continues to try to develop his craft and, and and the effort is there, I think he can be that guy, definitely. So we'll see.
1: You also got Riley M. saying Auburn gets Shane Hooks
0: drafted. He's calling it. I mean, that's that would be great, right? Like, I mean, just to have somebody out of the receiver core drafted means that you threw the ball enough for somebody to get drafted and you threw it well enough for somebody to get drafted. That would be amazing. So, you know, again, Hugh Freezer starts here. Bring the four pass back, man. I think he's going to do it.
2: Mike, tell everybody where they can find you. Love you, support you.
0: Uh, well, you guys know, uh, first of all, love and support these guys if you're watching uh, at the College Loop, uh, part of the Auburn podcast, the War Report Network. Uh, but, you can, you know, you guys can find us on every social media platform at the War Report. Uh, we are dropping a fireside tomorrow. Let's go. All right. So uh, we've got defensive backs. Uh, Donovan Kaufman, Zion Puckett, and Nehemiah Pritchett joined us. Must uh, on be the fireside, TV. yeah, right. So this is the fifth edition of the fireside. We're super excited about doing these, um, especially as the season is approaching. So don't miss that tomorrow, nine a.m. Eastern.
2: Right on, Mike. Thanks so much for joining us. We will talk touch base with you soon. Hope maybe see you this weekend. All right, fellas, we'll see you. Hey, you have me Mike, a drink, you, everybody. <laughs> All right, so we're uh, we're running a little a little behind here on the college loop. What else is new? Um, let's uh <laughs> let's keep moving forward. Let's bring Dustin on from the Up Tempo Podcast. Let's see if he, if he, Dustin.
6: What's up, my man? What's up, fellas? How are we doing tonight? Hey, man. College is back, baby. Just fine. I'm never better. I know. I know. What you got going on there, Dylan? You a big Florida hater? Uh, I'm a big Utah supporter. My girlfriend's a big Florida hater, so.
2: <laughs> okay. That guys... also translates into his girlfriend's a Georgia fan. She's
1: in. She's. Transitioning over to Auburn, she's going to, her some, first, she's going to her first Auburn football game on Saturday.
6: You got so, some problems in that home, buddy. i will pray for you. i will pray for you, man. I just, just air out. out for no reason, huh? <laughs> hey,
1: she, she's going to be supporting Auburn on Saturday. She'll be how there is the, the
6: bus doing tonight? We just got done recording, so I haven't watched any football yet. I know the Gus bus is on. Is it? No wheels on the that thing. Okay,
1: is UCF playing tonight? I night? Mean, yeah, I
6: believe so. Yeah.
1: All I care about is utah right now I don't,
2: yeah not another another not, he cares game enough on, to right? look like a goober with two hats on right now but whatever yeah. dustin before we talk to the talk to just seven, a 31 yard field goal that was funny hmm. I, we brought you on to talk about this front seven which i'll be honest with you should scare the ever-living crap out of a lot of auburn fans yeah um, and and kind of get your outlook on what is a successful day for them on saturday how do they continue to get better and, and what faces are you putting in what places as, as we come down this uh, the stretch this season
6: yeah, dude. For me, the the concern I think everybody knows by now is the depth, right? It's just the depth there. It's not necessarily a Jason Jones and a, and a Justin Rogers. Like you're good there. It's what happens if those guys get hurt. That's when the questions comes in. Um, so for for UMass, no no problem. Feel good to go. My question is, way down the season when you go to Arkansas and you have to stop a Rocket Sanders, what do you look like up front then? Um, we know that these transfers, you know, Kite coming in and, and Lawrence Johnson coming in, haven't ever seen him play a snap. And I feel the same way about the offensive line. As optimistic as I am about it, only Jeremiah Wright and Cam Studs have took taken a snap for Auburn. Right on that starting offensive line, same way on that D line. It's just a lot of new faces really across the whole team. So I think that. We've all, I've listened to you guys, you know, we, we all watch Mike and Ike and the boys over there at Warport and at Uptempo as well. We've tried to do a, a good job of tampering expectations and being realistic about what the situation is. Um, and yeah, I just, I feel like day one right now, I like it. But where will, but where will it be in week six? That's where my concern is is especially at those at those nose tackle positions those 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 guys that we need to really stuff the run on first and second down that's where i have concerns keldrick falk has to be ready anybody that's listening to listen to our podcast knows i'm predicting a big year been high on keldrick falk for a long time that kid's got to be ready to go a guy that hasn't been talked about because he missed the spring but a big time recruit deron reed darren reed however you say it we need him by old miss mississippi state time have figured it out and to step up. So it's just, there's a lot of question marks there, man. I think that for me, kind of looking at defense as a whole, we all feel like we're all pretty confident in the secondary, right? The, the, the D line, those boys got to just get enough pressure. Just be top half in the SEC, and the secondary can do what it's got to do. I'm very interested to see, what Ron Roberts' scheme can make up for and maybe lack of talent. I like Elijah McAllister. I like Jalen McCloud. But guys, their numbers are what they are. They don't jump off the page. Are they going to come to Auburn? Is is Jalen McCloud's going to have six and a half sacks at in the in the um, in the Sun Belt and then come to Auburn and all of a sudden have ten and eleven and make a huge jump? He might. He might. But that's you know until we see it, kind of thing. And I would just take his six-and-a-half again, you know, because Derek Call, I believe, led the team last year with six-and-a-half off the top of my head, and he had to play every single snap. It, for Really, for me, it's just about depth. You're going to have to find ways with a guy like Cam Riley, with a guy like Keontae Scott, creative ways to use guys in different positions to create pressure, Harrison, because as that season wears on in this tough SEC schedule, I think when the body count starts to add up, we're going to be in some trouble. And one thing that we didn't do last year, you can go back to that Ole Miss game when that ball was just sitting there for the taking. We did not create turnovers on defense. If we can create some turnovers on defense, we can negate some of these issues that I think we have.
2: I think you nailed it there, Dustin. Gentlemen, I'm going to open up the floor to you guys.
1: Hey, you bring up Keldrick Falk and uh, just what he can do. And he wasn't listed as a starter on Saturday. He's behind uh, Messiah Nasili Kite. And you got the fact that this, run, this defensive line in this linebacker room has been talked about nonstop this offseason just about the fact that they have struggled in the fall camps to stop the run. And that could either be a testament to how good Auburn's run game is going to be or a testament to how bad Auburn's run defense is going to be. And when you talk about what's going to look like by week six, I'm worried about what's going to look like by week four, week five, and week six. Because week Man. four, A&M isn't going to pass the ball. I don't think Bob Pacino has it. I don't think they have the scheme with Bob Petrino and Jimbo Fisher to really pass the ball, even though they have a loaded wide receiver core. And that's me saying something positive about Texas A&M. That's something I like to do very often. But they will be running the ball. Georgia is going to be running the ball with whatever depth they have left at the running back room. And then, of course, LSU, you have Jaden Daniels, who is the definition of a dual-threat quarterback. Should Auburn fans be a little worried about that inability to stop the run?
6: One hundred percent, man. One hundred percent. And, you know, the thing, too, is um, it's true what they say about you kind of expect the defense to be a little bit ahead of the offenses and scrimmages. Um, I've only played football on the high school level. Right. So I'm not claiming to be some kind of big star. or I'm not the guy that says, oh, I tore my ACL or I would have made it. Definitely not. But you um, would have made it. No, no. Sir. <laughs> <laughs> no, no I'm right. I'm right where I belong. But uh. But man, but, but that is, that is a thing, man. That is the thing. It usually, especially when the defense knows what the offense is doing. So when you see what you see at a day and then you hear what you're hearing out of practice. Yes. Now I think we've got, I've said it. I think we have the best running back room since 2003 Auburn, which was a Brandon Jacobs, Super Bowl champion for the New York giants, Ronnie Brown, who had a great long NFL career, top five pick. Cadillac, everybody knows what Caddy was coming out of college. The, the injuries were just, you know, they derailed his career. But there you go. I, I see you, baby. But <laughs> NFL NFL Rookie of the Year from my Tampa Bay Bucs, Caddy was that dude. Um, and then Trey Smith stepped up in the 2002 Iron Bowl as a fourth string and ran for a buck 25, I believe, and held it down for us in a win in Bryant-Denny. So that was a stat running back room. I think we have the exact same kind of situation going now coached by a guy that was in that room that's pretty cool so i think we're stacked there i think we have a lot of guys you got a veteran guy like avery jones anchoring that offensive line so yeah you look at it and you say okay i think we're going to be pretty good at running the ball but what but the pure dominance is kind of where i'm like if and we're not there these are only practice reports you know but from all the information that we have Man, yeah, um, I'm concerned because I was at the Penn State game last year and I've seen Auburn lose before, but I've never seen that. I've never seen Auburn just not even be competitive at the line of scrimmage and just being completely moved like from, from, from up, from, from you sitting about 40 rows up and all you're really seeing is just lines moving. Forget you don't got to watch receivers, quarterbacks, nothing else. It's just, those guys in Penn State uniforms moving our guys, and it didn't get much better throughout the season. And then again to death, and Echo uh, Leota gets hurt, and then it's just the Colby and Derek Call have to hold it down the whole time. So yeah, man, we you should be concerned about the run. There are gonna be, there are gonna have to be some guys in the Eugene Asante, or Larry Nixon. There's gonna be some guys that really step up, uh, some guys that you haven't heard a lot about. Robert Woodyard was a very high prospect coming out of high school some of those guys got a hit some names that we haven't heard have to step up and make some noise I'm very concerned about it um creating turnovers is kind of why I said I think we need to create some turnovers uh to get that ball back but you watched the Ole Miss game last year you know what it is and uh yeah man until I see otherwise I am very concerned about it Dylan
1: yeah, and you bring up the linebacker room. I mean, we have been talking nonstop about I at least I have very been vocal about my displeasure in the linebacker room. Outside of Austin Keyes, I don't think Cam Riley is the perfect is the is who I would want next to next to Keys. I think you brought up Larry Nixon. I think his ability to stuff the run at, like he did in North Texas, I think that should be where Hugh Free should be looking for these first at least five weeks of the season. He's looking for someone who can stuff the gaps, who can find a place to be to get these tackles for a loss. I mean, I went on the war report not too long ago and predicted my stat leaders, and Larry Nixon was my dude for tackles for a loss because mm. I think just his ability to blitz the gap and get where he needs to be, what he did in North Texas. That's what Auburn needs to do at the linebacker core, and I just – Cam Riley, if he if he developed, I'd love to see him uh, play well.
6: Yeah, for sure. All, all the talent in the world's there. It's really um... – We've done so much talking and so much pontificating all summer, right? We're about to find out Saturday what these schemes. look. That's what I'm most excited for. Where are we going to put – where are they going to put a guy like Keontae Scott? I'm ready to see where all these guys kind of line up and how they work, man. I'm fired up. I can't wait to be in that stadium.
2: It's, it's going to be rocking. Daniel, do you want to grab something real quick? Sure. So, Dustin, who do you think
6: will lead the defense in um, sacks and or QB pressures? Oh, 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 oh. Um, I'm going to stay on the hype train, man. I've been doing it all summer and I'm going to continue with it. I'm going Keldrick Fogg and I want to be clear on the way I project this to go. Um, Keldrick might get some sack. Uh, He might get a sack Saturday. Boy, if he does, I promise you'll hear me. Um, You'll hear me. You'll, you'll hear me over all 88,000 if he does. But, um, I, I think that that stretch there versus A&M, LSU and Georgia I think that is going to be uh, it's going to be a tough stretch for Keldrick. I think maybe there might be some games there where it's like, oh, okay. But I think as that season goes on, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, those kind of games, Arkansas, Vandy, I think Keldrick really starts to figure it out. I think that him and his brother are both um, NFL talents. I think they both will play in the NFL, and I think that Keldrick will play three years at Auburn, and that he will be a a top. A top forty draft pick um, overall, and he's going to be one of the best defensive linemen to come through Auburn in a very long time. So I'm going to I'm going to predict Keldrick Falk to have. I'm going to go with nine sacks this year, and I think they're going to be backloaded. I think he really starts to figure it out in the second half of the season. Yeah, yeah. Keldrick
2: Falk's playing on Sundays. That's for sure. Um, <laughs> yeah. Before we let you go. Um, I do want to bring this one up here real quick. James Bartet mentioned he also agrees that Auburn has a top three running back room. I think they have a top one running back room in the country, just to be hey, honest with you. Hey, um, get him, Tari, get him. I hear
6: you, baby.
2: I, I, I'll say it right now. Auburn's got the best running back room in the country. Colin, click that. That's in an hour, 050 58. Um, you can quote me on that. I'll see it on show tomorrow. <laughs> um, will you, uh, It says Auburn will average at least 250 yards per game, and just in his opinion. I think that's, that's, that's a big number. Um, I, I, I do think it's, <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's achievable, though. Um, so yeah, I, yeah, I think sure. a lot of people in your camp, Dylan, you are just dying for me to let you speak.
1: Well, we got a question in reference to the front seven talking about Mr. Jalen McLeod. Can we create pressure without McLeod? How would you rate Steven Singh's the fifth pass rush scale from a one to 10? That's from John Crane.
6: Yeah. What's up, John? I see him comment on our show sometimes. Oh, what's up, buddy? We appreciate you. Um, I think that seeing Jalen where he was on the depth chart, uh, I think that's all because of injury, right? Well, Hugh mentioned injuries, and he said that some guys not be able to go. I think my understanding of it is, is Jalen's questionable might not be able to go. Um, otherwise, I don't think you would see him third at the edge yes position or jack position, I mean, on depth chart there. So I think that he is banged up and that he um, might not be able to go. I think Jalen McLeod is – I don't want to be um, – if I'm sleeping on Steven Sings, then you can just accuse me of sleeping on Steven Sings. But I think that, uh, that Jalen McLeod is the best of that bunch. I just think that he's hurt. And uh, Ron Roberts is going to have to get have to get creative, man. I do think he has some guys like like with Keldrick, like Marcus Harris. And, you know, I think he has some guys that can do some different things and create some different looks. So I know that we're not going to get the full kitchen sink, as they say, come Saturday, but really fired up to see kind of what they have going on there for sure.
2: All right, Dustin, all I need from you now is an Auburn-UMass score prediction, and then we're going to bring on a guy who you may have heard of before. Blake
6: <laughs> yeah, just talk to him for a little bit. <laughs> um, yeah, man, uh, I'm going 45-20 Auburn. Okay. Okay. And we had, uh, we had Jake Crane on the other day, and Jake said, Auburn fans don't freak out if we only win by 17 or 20. I'm not going to go that much with it, okay? I think we go by a little bit more. Maybe a situation like Mike said where it's garbage time, or maybe a situation where you must get some early. I mean, look, we're still all new to this portal era and how this works. Sure. We might come out and just blow them out and we're just better and that be that and be up 35 to zero at halftime and just bludgeon them to death. That could be the case. Personally, I think Hughes is going to try to take some shots early. I want to see some intermediate routes completed, some deep shots. And I don't think we're going to connect on all of them because Jair Shorter, Shane Hooks, Rivaldo Fairweather, Peyton Thorne. All new faces other than Stutz and Jeremiah right on that O-line. All new faces. So I think it's a good possibility that maybe we struggle to get out the gate or maybe we have the big plays and we just don't make them. Some missed opportunities early and then we pull away. Or maybe it's a situation like Mike G said where – they get garbage time on the twos and the threes. And, and when you're up big and it is what it is, but I'm going to go uh, 45 to 20. And I don't think that anybody should, should freak out about that after having the kind of years that we've had. And um, I think that the energy is going to be electric and I cannot wait to see Hugh bust through those double eye, uh, double tiger eye doors, man with that team. I'm fired up brother.
2: All right. Two things. And I promise. Two more things. One. One. I'm gonna get you to tell everybody where they can find you. Love you. And support you. And two. I need you to give me on a scale from one to ten how much ass is the War Report Podcast Network gonna kick this fall, this football season?
6: Oh man. Well, I love the second one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the second one's so good. I've already forgot the first one. What's that? <laughs> <laughs> First one, man. Listen, uh, up tempo. We are um, we're right at a thousand subs, and you guys, y'all, I see you guys grinding. Y'all know what it is. Y'all know how hard it is to get there. right? Yeah, it is. Um, it, it is tough, man. And I tell our guys all the time. Just our last two subs have both won clear two thousand uh, and our, our live events. Excuse me. They both have been around two thousand views. We got people that are watching every week that are just not hitting that sub button. All you got to do is hit that sub button. It don't cost a dime. So hit that sub button, man. Get us to a 1,000. We are so close. We're under 100. We're so close. And that opens up all kind of doors for us. So please do that. We're live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Um, normally on Fridays, we go at 10 a.m. But like Mike just said, they're dropping the fireside. So our UMass preview will be dropping live on the YouTube channel and up on uh, Apple, Spotify, all those places where you get your podcast at 11 a.m. tomorrow. And then we will be doing our reviews of the game on Sundays at 3 p.m. Central. All those are Central time. So get over there, man. Get at us. If you haven't subscribed to it, do it. Uh, We just like to have a good time and and build this community. And uh, thank you guys for having us all, man. It's been a blast.
2: Dude, it's been a ton of fun. Dustin Smith, everyone, of the Up Tempo Podcast. And if you didn't hear his first feel, you'll hear it again in a second. So (laughs) let's bring Mr. Blake Lane on of the Up Tempo Podcast now. Um, it would not be a college loop stream, Blake, if we were not running behind. Um, so thank you for being <laughs> flexible. Welcome to the show, brother. How you doing? Fellas, I'm doing
9: great. Uh, I got chills ready for Saturday. Uh, Auburn Tiger football is back, baby. And I'm excited.
2: It's, it, we're, we're so back. I, it, it, I, I mean, like we are so back. And we're, we're ready to, to talk to you for, for a minute here and just talk about, We went, we made Dustin go through the grit and grind of the front seven. You get the fun part. You yeah. get to talk about these DBs um, that I'm going to try to shut up and let Daniel and Dylan kind of run run this one here. Um, but this is the part where I'm going to have the hardest time shutting up because I'm so high on this group. We, there are a lot of dudes that play in Auburn, Alabama, and the DB room that are going to play on Sundays. Um, so I'm going to open it up to your initial thoughts. Dylan, Daniel, I will mute my mic, and I will let you guys get after it.
9: <laughs> Fellas, uh, the thing about this DB room is the athleticism. Uh, and and just how talented it is. All right. And uh, Auburn has guys in this room 6'1, 6'2, 180, 175. Uh, the length of this room is special. Uh Jalen moving from that, from that corner spot last year, uh, going up there and, and keeping the top on the defense. I think you're gonna see a phenomenal year from him. Uh and and just Nehemiah, man, him coming back. I think that was huge for this room. Uh and just even the young guys that have come in. Uh you 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 hear about the hoods and the loves and uh Sylvester Smith and things like that, man. Uh this group is extremely, extremely talented. And I'm gonna I'm gonna sit here and say it. I, I just don't know how UMass moves the football uh against them Saturday. Like I just I watched them against New Mexico State fellas and they just didn't push the ball down the field. And if you couldn't do it against New Mexico State, uh have fun against all <laughs> that. I just <laughs>
1: I, I am very interested to see how this defensive backroom uh plays all together. Uh because now you got some new acquisitions that you're everyone's looking forward to seeing. I mean, I'm gonna mm-hmm. say his name and Tar's gonna be very it's gonna be very hard for Tar not to speak about this one player because if if Mike G loves Jay Fair, Tar is the same way with Kai and Lee, who mm-hmm. one of the biggest <laughs> biggest recruit of the twenty twenty three class, mm-hmm. and another corner I'm looking forward to seeing is Champ Anthony, uh the Tyler Junior College guy as well, because I, I just love his game. I, I love, I love those. Like, I, I think uh, who who they said it. It was our last guest, was it? Caleb Jones said it best. A pest on defense is how he mm-hmm. said it. It's just an annoying little corner who just will not let you get free. Will not let you catch mm-hmm. a break, but. And it's just awesome watching Auburn's for the back room because it just goes so far beyond the two guys who are going to be starting. Mm-hmm. That's the best part about it. But just who you see as being a breakout in this defensive back room, if you could not pick DJ James and my Pritchett,
9: man, uh, Kay and Lee, man, I got to go with him. Uh, I, I just, I, I think this kid is talented. I think he's going to see the field this year in a, in big roles. Like he, he's gonna he's gonna make plays for this defense. Uh, it's just it's inevitable to keep him off the field, right? Uh, and look, Nehemiah, you got to have a year, man. You got to have a year because last year uh, he took a step back, and he's got to bring it this year. And if he if he struggles, fellas, Kyahen uh, Lee's right there, and so I think he's a ball hawk. Uh, he's physical in and out of breaks, man. The hips, everything checks the boxes with him, and I just think uh, he, he's going to play in the league. He's gonna play in the league. Uh, I'm calling it now. He's that talented. He's that talented.
2: Two things, Daniel, before you go. I'm not asking a question. I'm just giving a comment. I'm sorry. One, Blake turned me the hell up. Absolutely. you <laughs> you just nailed it. Two, Nehemiah is going to have a year. Nehemiah Pritch is going yep. in the first round in the NFL draft this year. I'm saying it right here, right now. You heard me. Um Nehemiah Pritchett got better at the end of last year.
5: Yes. Um,
2: I've got all I mean, it's amazing what happens when you when you fire a, a dumpster fire of a head coach. <laughs> Um and 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 somehow your players play more freely. i, I It's a yeah. fact, guys. You can laugh all you want. It's true. Um, I'm an EMI Pritchett truther until the day that he does not get drafted in the NFL draft, and then I will claim that he got scammed. Um, so expecting a big year from him, but Blake, just I'm, I'm I got goosebumps. I'm turned up about Kyan <laughs> Lee right now. Daniel, floor is yours. So, um, Blake,
3: I'm a very big safeties uh, guy. I played safety myself for a lot of years until my parents started letting me eat at Taco Bell, and uh, that ruined those (laughs) days quick. Then I found myself an edge rusher in one Mm offseason. But um, Keontae Scott narrowly beats out Donovan Kaufman for the star position. Uh, Mm -hmm. Defensive backs coach Zach Etheridge said it was very, very close all the way. So just kind of what are your thoughts there? And then on the other side, uh, free safety, Jalen Simpson beating out Griffin Speaks. Um, not really a surprise there. Uh, I think Griffin Speaks will be very good in time. But, like I said, in time, Jalen Simpson's there now. So, just what are your thoughts on those two spots?
9: Uh, I'll, stop, I'll start with Keontae, man. Uh, I, I, look, I think you can move Donovan around. And you can move Keontae around, all right? Uh, Keontae's that hybrid guy. The only thing about Donovan, man, is, is I don't think he's uh, as good as Keontae in coverage. Uh, so I, I think you you give Keontae the up there, uh, but Donovan. Look, if Zion struggles back there, Zion Puckett. If he struggles, you can slide Donovan back there. Uh, he can play there. So uh, there's a lot of moving pieces in this DB room. I think you can plug guys in. Uh, you've got young talent in back there. Uh, so I, I think uh, I think this DB room is going to be special. Man, look, Keontae Scott. They're super high on him. I know Mike G is in love with him. Uh, Ike's in love with him. And uh, I think he's going to have a big year, fellas. And look, Ron Roberts is going to be, he's going to bring pressure all right, out of this secondary. It's not going to be what you've seen in the last two years. He's going to bring pressure. What is it, Dylan?
1: You said my trigger word Ron Roberts' defensive scheme is very cornerback friendly.
9: Yes, yes, he is going to bring pressure, and uh, and he's going to light these dudes up, man. Look, we've been used to the last two years, and uh, I think all the Auburn fans need to just, look, take a, take a breath, take a deep breath, and just remove the last two years because you're going to see something completely different, all right, and it's going to be refreshing, and you're going to see guys that can make plays back there on that back end, and as far as Jalen Simpson, I think he leads this defense in picks, fellas. Uh, I think this guy is special. I, I do. I think he's going to have a breakout year, and I think him moving back there to safety was the biggest thing for this back end, and just how he can roam back there, keep the top on the defense. Uh, I think he's set up for a big year.
2: I don't. I don't think you're incorrect at all. Um, if I had to ask you, you, you said uh, leading interceptions. Uh, if you had to pick a guy that's not Jalen Simpson's, uh Simpson. Pass breakups, interceptions combined, who are you looking at to, to really make the most noise on that back end? Look, oh, man, I
9: know everybody says DJ, right? But I just don't know how much the ball is going to get thrown his way. I wouldn't throw to him. Uh, I wouldn't throw at him. I, I I just, I can't sit here and say DJ because I'm, I'm not throwing it to him. I'm not. So uh, let me go Nehemiah, man. Let me go, Nehemiah. I, like you said, Harrison, I think he's going to have a, a bounce back year. I think he is going to play his tail off. And I'm I'm a big Nehemiah fan, man. I'm from Mobile, Alabama. Uh, he is from Jackson, Alabama, right up the street. Uh, and I want to do I want to see him do so well this year and get picked in the NFL draft. Uh, so I am big on Nehemiah this year. I think he bounces back.
1: And you bring up DJ James Nehemiah Pritchett. I mean, I compare those two all the time to mm-hmm. Carlton Davis and Jamel Dean. Uh, Carlton Davis never really got a lot of interceptions, but got a lot of PBUs. Yep. And that's exactly what DJ James is going to be. Jamel yep. Dean, on the other hand, he got targeted a little bit more and got more interceptions. That's what the game mm-hmm. i pretty going to do. But I do like your pick for most interceptions, but I don't want to spoil it for uh, when Hillman comes along
2: in a little bit. <laughs> yeah, Jacob Hillman, who will join the show here after Blake, uh, not that we're running out of, uh, running Blake out of here, would never do such a thing. <laughs> is, uh, we, we always tell people, Blake, that, uh, we understand if they don't want to watch the YouTube version because we wouldn't want to look at our faces either, but this week's been an exception because we've had good looking guests on all week. So I mean, we got to we, we make sure that we, uh, we, people, people are locked in. Hey man, give us the score prediction of Auburn UMass this weekend. And then let's hear where everybody can find you. Love you, support you and how much, butt we're going to kick over here at the world podcast network. This this football season.
9: Fellas, I'm a 110% right here. Uh, I think Auburn absolutely dominates this football game. And, i'm going to start with this all right hugh freeze walking down the tiger walk first game everything auburn has been through the past two years You can even go back to the COVID year not being able to fill the stadium up uh gus's last year everything that happened with that right but the past two years have been absolutely miserable and i think this fan base is gonna bring it saturday I think Hugh Freeze is going to take this moment in, and I think these players are going to get behind him, especially these guys like in this DB room, a DJ James. This is his last year, right? He's going pro, okay? Uh, Nehemiah, who's been through the ringer at Auburn. Jalen, been through the ringer at Auburn, all right? They are going to back this cat in Hugh Freeze, and they're going to get behind him, and they are going to play their tails off Saturday. Another thing, breaking down the game. Like I said, UMass pushing the ball down the field. I know everybody's worried about Auburn stopping the run, but you're going to have to push the ball down the field and try to make a big play, man, and I just don't see how UMass can do that. If they couldn't do it against New Mexico State, how in the world are they going to do it against this secondary? Uh, I think I think it's going to be 52-16 to because I think Peyton Thorne's going to bring it. Yeah, if Jarquez doesn't play, you're going to get – uh Damari and all of those cats, man. But, uh, i I'm interested to see how much Jer- uh, Jeremiah Cobb plays uh, because I'm excited to see him. Uh, <laughs> the kid out in space is electric. So, uh yeah, I, I think the wide receivers are going to bring it. I think Auburn's going to score early. Uh, I know me and Dustin kind of went back and forth in this on the show. He thinks it's going to be a little bit of a struggle early. But I think Peyton comes out. I think they're clicking, man. They get behind Hugh. And uh, they light this thing up. And like I said, sixteen, I think they hold UMass to a couple field goals and they score a, a garbage touchdown late. And uh I like Auburn covering. If you caught them at minus thirty-five, I like Auburn covering by one. So I'm taking Auburn, I'm taking the over. I'm I'm straight bugging. I'm I'm on the orange and blue. Chugging black. The blue lead. I am, dude. Like uh I just think it's a it's a different, it's a different tone at Auburn right now. So uh, you know, I'm excited about Hugh, but uh, you can find us at the uptempo pod. Uh, we, what did Dustin say? We're moving the show to 11 tomorrow, I believe. For sure. Uh, yeah. yeah. That kind of threw me for a loop, but uh, Fridays <laughs> we usually go at 10, but tomorrow we're going at 11. We go, now we go on Sundays at three uh, and then, I think, what do we do Tuesday Tuesday at 7 PM central live show now. Uh, so the schedule kind of got mixed up there a little bit, but uh, yeah, man, go follow us on Twitter, Apple podcasts, uh, Spotify, uh, and, and go, go sub to that YouTube channel, man. I think we're at 904 subs right now. So about to break a thousand and everybody go follow the college loop sub to them man. love what you guys do. Uh, and uh, I, I, you know, I wish you
2: guys the best. We couldn't be happier to be working with you, Blake. Blake Line, everybody. Thanks for joining us, buddy. Love you, fellas. Love you. All right. Now we're going to enter what I've coined the Jacob half hour, since our next two na- guests are both named Jacob. Um, <laughs> and we're going to bring on Jacob Hillman of Auburn Sports Network, and he's going to talk um, about uh, our season-long stat leaders. We're going to ask him a bunch of questions. We're going to bother him. It's our favorite hobby. Uh, bugging Hillman um, is is a, is a blast. Jacob Hillman, welcome back to the College Loop, brother. Good to see you. How you doing?
10: Listen, y'all, y'all aren't bothering me one bit. I, I love joining the College Loop. Like like, like I was saying, it, it it's always a blast joining y'all, and y'all do a great job. So I'm happy to be here, even in this makeshift studio, aka my my my, my car. Uh, we're we're making it work. So the old Toyota
2: I, 4Runner never did you wrong.
10: <laughs> no, it never has, and and I hope it doesn't at any point soon. Don't jinx that, Harrison. So (laughs) I'm just happy to be here. And, man, I'll tell you what. We had Tiger Talk a couple hours ago. This place, I don't think, is ready for the energy that we're going to see on Saturday at Jordan-Hare Stadium and just across campus and especially throughout this season. It, It is going to be a special weekend, and it's going to be a special, special season.
2: AJ Rivera put it well here. Jordan hair stadium is going to be bumping. Also for those of you guys who have commented, keep dropping your comments, keep dropping your questions. I promise we're going to address them once we get through with the Jacob hour. um, And after Zach card comes on, but while we've got these guys hanging out and Dylan, I am so sick and tired of you and I playing this like cat and mouse. I am.
1: I'm the producer.
2: Okay, whatever. That's why we need an intern. If you're (laughs) an intern, apply in the comments. Anyways, Hillman, we're going to ask you a bunch of hypothetical questions about Auburn football. I know you've not been asked anything about Auburn football all offseason. Um, you've not talked about it at one lick. Um, nah. So let's – This, uh, this let's is my first re- time. I figured you probably, you probably don't know what Auburn football is.
10: I've been waiting for this moment all off season long. So I, I'm, I'm here for it. Yeah,
1: well, I'm, I'm, I'm Pulling sure out are. the Phil Collins there for a second. <laughs> <laughs> You're waiting for gonna this let, moment.
2: I'm going to let Dylan and Daniel uh, run, the court, run the table here on this one. Um, and, and I'll chime in and, and annoy you guys periodically.
1: All right, Hellman, I gave you the list, right? You got the yep. you got them all thought out and planned out for yep. where you're going to pick? Pretty much. So we're going to be picking the stat leaders for the 2023 season. And starting off, I think these first four categories are all going to be the same answers for two of them. Right. Uh, I'll let you kick it off with passing yards and passing touchdowns.
10: Yeah, that, that that's obviously going to be Peyton Thorne. I think that he is the guy. I don't think that's something that is really in question at this point. Robbie Ashford, he put up a good fight in camp, but it, it was pretty clear, obviously early on that Thorne was the guy. And, and I think Astrid's going to have his, he's going to have his time, but it, it's going to be Thorne leading the charge, especially in the passing attack. Uh, Astrid will get his chances, uh, especially running the ball. And that will be passing the ball as well. But uh, Thorn is going to be the guy there.
1: Not so fast, my friend. Oh my Lord. What if I told you that he did not only just put up a fight, he is still putting up the fight. And all it's going to take is a, Peyton Thorne a mistake for the Robbie Ashford train to keep on chugging along for the 2023 season because he is who I have picked for passing yards and passes and touchdowns and I will never stop supporting Robbie Ashford all you commenters out there I'm on the hype train I,
10: I, yeah. I do think Robbie definitely has the ability to do it but I, I do th- I just think Thorne is is the guy and I don't think Coach Freeze is one that I think this first season he's going to want to make he he want I, I know we've talked about this and Maybe not us, but it's been discussed how maybe these first three games, you could see some some, some different changes and, and interchangeability. But I, I do think that with the way Thorne has shown leadership, being named a team captain and, and things like that, I, I do think that he he's going to be the guy. He's going to have a longer leash, and he's also – I don't know. I have, a lot, I have a lot of faith in him, so I'm not sure – it would have to be. I think it'd be mid season if that were to happen. I don't know if that'd be enough time for 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 Robbie to catch up to Peyton Thor. So I, I I love your I love your Robbie fandom because I think Robbie's an incredible player and he has that ability to be a starting SEC quarterback. But I just don't think he's there yet.
2: There's I a reason. Hey, can I can I chime in for a second before Dylan bugs too
10: hard? Already, Harrison.
2: Yeah, I, I am. I am. Because I, I'm going to cut Dylan off on his whole Robbie Ashford hype train. Um, I'm not saying Robbie Ashford's not talented. I'm not saying that he doesn't have the stuff. He doesn't have the juice. I'm not saying what he did at the end of last year isn't tremendously valuable to where this football program is right now because it is. Hugh Freeze brought in Peyton Thorne for a reason, gentlemen. And, and Peyton Thorne won the starting job for a reason. He, wanted, he was named a captain for a reason. He will be your starting quarterback for, for all, a reason. all 12 to 13 games that Auburn plays this year. 12 to 15, if you ask Dylan, because he's been chugging Kool-Aid by the gallon.
1: Hey, but, you were also chugging the Kool-Aid. We had the same season predictions, might I yeah.
10: add?
2: Yeah, I know. Um, 10 and 2. Yeah, I, I look, I, yeah, I don't like it either, Hillman. I need to go back and revise. But <laughs> but I, I just don't think 10 and 2 is feasible. That being said, it will be Peyton Thorne, and it will be Peyton Thorne all year. Uh, that's that's where I'm at. Daniel, I'll let you chime in. If you want to go into Dylan's defense, be my guest. That typically doesn't happen on the show, though. You don't defend Dylan often.
3: Uh, no, but uh, real quick, there's a there's a comment that Dylan needs to put up on the screen. Hype me up a little bit, Dylan. You know the one.
2: Huh? Uh,
1: Thorne was brought in for a reason. Thank you, AJ.
2: That's
3: Re- not <laughs> the one.
1: <laughs> I see Daniel uh, put his Focused on Fenway podcast on, on here in the comment section.
3: Nope. I had a producer on that. That's his work, not mine. Put
2: it up. <laughs> Jesus Lord. Moving forward with our next position group. Dylan. Oh, hell
3: no, I haven't talked yet.
2: All right. Well then go and answer the question. Thorne. Thorne. Thank you.
1: All right, Hillman. Now moving on from the quarterback to the guy next to him, the running back position, who's going to be leading the charge in the running back room. for the Auburn Tigers?
10: Yeah, I think it's Jarquez Hunter. And this, this one I had to think about a little bit because I do think that the way this, this running back room is, Gonna be used. It's gonna be interesting, and I don't know how it's gonna be used, but I think it's gonna be different than we've seen in a long time. Uh, th- this is one of the best running back rooms that Auburn's had, and man, maybe since uh, 2004 with Cadillac Ronnie, and-, and before that with Trey Smith and Brandon Jacobs. You know that famous picture. I think that Damari Austin, I think Jeremiah Cobb, Brian Betty He's they're obviously all gonna have roles in this offense, and I think that they they're going to put up numbers. Batiste but is an interesting one, in my opinion, because he's going to be put in for explosive plays. He's obviously going to be a specialist, kickoff returns, and possibly punt returns. I don't think he'll do that as much. But he really does have that dynamic where the comparisons have been made to Ontario and McCaleb. And I think that is a fair comparison. I think that that's uh, kind I don't know that's his ceiling, because Ontario McCaleb was a really good player. But I think he can do a little bit more than Ontario McCaleb. I think Ontario McCaleb his senior year, and maybe even a little bit in 2011, figured out ways to to run between the tackles and, and run up the middle. I think Batia already has that. And he he has that experience at USF, and and he, he's done it before. So I think he has a, a, a little bit more to him than McCaleb did. Jeremiah Cobb, obviously he's a freshman. He's, he's not going to get enough carries. Uh, but Alston, I think he's going to be a breakout player. He, he's obviously one of the leaders on this team, and I think he's going to get the second most carries behind Jarquez Hunter, and I think Hunter will, in, will ultimately end up leading in rushing yards and rushing touchdowns. If you
1: had to list them off, like the 1,000-yard rusher and then how they're going to go from there.
10: Yeah, I think it would be Hunter. Uh, I, I kind of want to put a number on him, but I, I don't know. Maybe 11, 1,200 yards? Because, again, I, I think – because you look back in time, and, I mean, guys like Trey Mason, Cameron, Cameron Artist Payne had 1,600 yards hit in, in 2014. That's insane. Uh, I think Auburn's going to throw the ball a little bit more. And I think with this rotation, it's it, he's going to get less carries than Cameron Artis Payne did. So I, th- I think 1,100, 1,200 yards is where he sits. And I think Damari Austin probably 6, 7, maybe 800 yards if he really shows out. Um, and, and then Battee and then uh, Jeremiah Cobb. I think that's how I would order them.
2: Damari Austin gets a head start. It's still Jarquez Hunter. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Daniel,
3: um, you know I have thought a lot about this one, and I really want to say Damari Austin, but I just can't quite bring myself to stamp off on that. Yep. So I'm going to stick with Jarquez, like Hillman did. Um, however, and, and yeah, like I'm kind of on the same wavelength as Hillman with that. I think um, Jarquez will come in about 1150. Um, I could definitely see Damari getting about seven eight, but I think this is my bold prediction for the year. I think both Cobb and Batie both break five hundred. Wow.
1: Okay. Okay. Cobb breaks five hundred in four
10: games.
3: Yeah, I don't think he redshirts. I think he's too talented to keep him off the field.
2: I don't disagree with that. By the way,
10: I, I think it, I think it's very possible. I, th- I think I think the you know ideally you would love to have him for that extra year because you've got Austin and you've got Hunter. And the thing is, Hunter, you never know. He he might if he if he has a great year, he could be gone after this year. But point being. I think you're right. I I think Cobb is going to have to play if he shows out and that's just part of, that's part of today and now. So.
1: All right. And then now to go, I have two different guys for these. I'm going to split them up receiving yards. Who is going to be the leading receiver for the Auburn Tigers in
10: 2023? I think I've got one guy for both. I I think this guy is special. I think he is far and away the best player in this room and it's not necessarily a, a diss at anyone else in this in this room, but Shane Hooks is, he's going to be the guy. Hollywood, the nickname, it fits him well. I was at that scrimmage when he made that one-handed grab and this guy, I, I cannot wait to watch him in, in, in live action, in games and, and whatnot. What I'll say is he's going to get the ball a lot. He's a big target. He's a big body. And I think he's the furthest along. Coach Freeze has talked a lot this year about the receivers. And, you know, I think, when he talks about not being pleased with where they're at, he's doing it to push them. And he talks about that. He's talked about how he's had to be the jerk in practice and whatnot. And that is what it is. I, I think that is because he knows the uh, the potential for all these guys, like Jay Fair, Omari Kelly. Those are two names that I think you need to keep an eye on. I think you were talking about uh, Mike G. He was talking, he loves Jay Fair. I love Jay Fair too. I think he might be the second best receiver in this room behind Shane Hooks. Um, but I'll also say Rivaldo Fairweather, don't sleep on him. I think he can lead the team in receiving touchdowns as Shane Hooks doesn't. I, I've got Shane Hook leading receiving yards and touchdowns. Maybe, maybe Rivaldo Fairweather for touchdowns.
1: You're, you're so intuitive, Hillman, because I have Shane Hooks leading the charge receiving yards with the <laughs> yards. And then I have Rivaldo Fairweather leading Auburn in receiving touchdowns as well. I think you finally get a real passing threat tied in that you've not seen since C.J. Uzama. And I think Rivaldo Fairweather is probably going to be probably third or fourth in receiving yards as well. Yeah. But, Tar, who are we looking at? Receiving yards, I, receiving
11: touchdowns.
2: I hate hitting retweet on your answer. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, I've, got, I've got Shane Hooks in receiving yards and Rivaldo Fairweather Fairweather in receiving touchdowns. And Daniel, wrap it up. So, being loyal to Nick
3: Martiner has paid dividends so far, so we're going to keep on rolling with that for receiving yards. Touchdowns, I'm going to switch it up. I'm going to go with the man that everyone's been talking about, Shane Hooks.
10: What, one thing I want to add to that group, though, it could look really different. I think Hooks in fair weather, I think fair, and I think he's – I think I really – I have a lot of hope for Omar Kelly, but I think those three guys, the first three guys that I mentioned, I think those are the three that – I know they're going to be in the rotation throughout the year. I think Cannon Brown has a chance to be there. Jair Shorter, they're going to be up there. But it's just – it's crazy to say, but Auburn has a deep wide receiver room now. And Coach Freeze is going to be looking for anyone to step up and really show out. So I'm excited to see what that looks like uh, in week one versus what it looks like in week six because I think it could look drastically different than it does this weekend.
1: And I'll switch it over to the defense side of the ball, Hillman. Who do you have leading Auburn
10: in tackles in 2023? This was my – this was the most difficult one for me to come up with. The two leading returning tackles were Cam Riley and Keontae Scott. And I kind of want to pick Keontae Scott. But it's tough because when I think about a lot of the games that Auburn's going to play, I don't know how much uh, these teams are going to – be running the ball because that that is where Count Scott's gonna make his money uh, in the run game making tackles so I still think I'm gonna go with him because I just think that he's that kind of player I think that in that star position it's gonna be way different for him and he is really embracing that role he he's excited about it and he's ready to go hit somebody so that that I think I think Scott steps up a lot in that star role. And, and really steps it up, especially in the run game. I, I think his coverage, uh, it's, it's solid, and he could play cornerback, but because of how well he can tackle and how well he pursues the ball, I think that's where they really like him. They want him uh, really stuffing the run game.
1: Yeah, I, I do like that answer a lot. I'm going to keep my transfer portal train running because I have Austin Keyes okay. leading Auburn in tackles. Uh, I think he's the best linebacker on the team by far. And Auburn has had a pretty good track record of having linebackers leading the team. So I'm a yeah. I'm a rock with the
10: man, Harrison's guy home, Papo. Ninety one. Like I, it was crazy to look at the numbers again and see from ninety-one to about sixty-five tackles. Papo had ninety one and uh and Cam Riley had sixty-five or so. That was that that was jarring to see. And I, I think it'll be closer this year than that.
2: I mean, they didn't call OP the freak for no reason. No, uh, you're I, not. You're not wrong. <laughs> Sorry, I had to re- I had an opportunity to talk about Owen Papo in this show, and I had to, I had to please it. Um,
1: Owen so Papo, Kai, and Lee. Neymar yeah, I know. On I'm the really. Same I'm, show. Having
2: great, I'm having a great time, and we're about to give me an opportunity to talk about somebody else too that I really like to talk about. Um, Jacob Hillman's absolutely right. Keontae Scott. Um, someone's got to stop the damn run, and I don't know who it's going to be. <laughs> and I'm just I'm just being candid with you guys. Um, I, I think someone's got to step up <laughs> in that run. And uh, and like like Hillman said, fitting the mold of that star position and embracing it, uber, uber important. Uh, I've got Keontae Scott.
1: And Daniel, do you got? Yeah, Keontae Scott for me as well. Keontae Scott. Well.
10: As, as far as stopping the run, I don't want to go with – because I don't think we're going to mention him further down. Marcus Harris. That guy, he's going to be really special this year, especially in run stuffing. And I think he even has the ability to uh, – to, to rush the passer as well he, he's gonna be really good this year and i think I think his leadership is going to show out as well
1: yeah i think we talked about with dustin too uh mm-hmm. i brought larry nixon and his ability to stop the run so linebackers are going to be very prevalent hopefully in this defense but i to move to sacks hillman who you got leading the leading auburn in sacks this season
10: see this this one i said the last one was more difficult but i think this one might be the most difficult i'm see i don't I, I, it's hard to say who's I don't know who's healthy right now. I don't know who's going to end up starting most of these games. I, I think it's going to be one of the guys at the Jack, unless there's a massive rotation. Because you've got uh, Jalen McLeod, but I'm not sure how healthy he is right now. Elijah McAllister, obviously. Side in silly kite. I think three of those guys, they're going to get after the passer. I just don't know who's going to have enough opportunities to do it. Um, but I'm still... I have a lot of hope for McLeod. I think if he gets healthy, I think it's him, and I, I think he's closer than maybe I think. I think that maybe by I think he might not play as much this week, and then going into Cal, he'll be fine. So I like Jalen McLeod. I think coming out that edge position, I think that he's going to be a really good player.
1: Well, I think it's going to be the first time in a long time, uh, or even ever, that Auburn has a true freshman lead the okay. Tigers. And I, like where you're going I here. got I got Keldrick Falk. Stepping up uh, whenever he finally gets that starting nod, and leaving the leading the charge in sacks. Daniel, who you got? You saw that train going? You just said,
3: yeah. I just the fact that they keep building Auburn student housing right on train tracks is just that's something I'm gonna have to complain to Mayor Honors about because this is ridiculous. Okay. But anyways, uh, what was the question again? Because I could not hear. Sacks. sacks. All right, Sachs, Marcus Harris.
10: I like that pick because I think he's gonna have a special year, but it's just so hard for a defensive for a defensive tackle to do that. I think he has it the ability is. to do it.
2: A special one he, to do it.
10: Yeah, he he's the guy that can do it. It's just so tough, man.
2: Keldrick Fox, in tweet.
10: There
1: we
6: go. I love right. this Keldrick Falk.
2: This this kid's playing on Sundays, folks, and it's gonna take him two to, it's gonna take him three seasons to get there. Yeah, three and, seasons.
10: I love all, all everything, all the talk around him, all the hype around him. He's getting these preseason All-American honors. That's a big deal. So I, I, I love seeing that for the kid.
2: His film is is disgusting. Yeah, yep. he's absolutely good.
1: And now, for the fun stats, interceptions. Who's going to lead Auburn in interceptions in twenty twenty three?
10: I could go a lot of ways with this one, but I, I'm going to go with the simple answer. I'm going to, I'm going to go with DJ James. I, I think the veteran presence back there. I think the guy that. He really showed out last year. Obviously, Auburn only had six interceptions last year. That's hard to believe. And four of them came under Cadillac as the interim head coach. So it's one of those things that you don't really have a lot to bait. And this is the most veteran group on the whole team. This is the this is the one group that's returning pretty much everybody and adding a couple pieces. But this 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 stat in particular, it's hard to say because we don't know exactly who the best ball hawk. We've obviously seen Nehemiah Pritchett. We've seen Jalen Simpson really show out in that aspect in, in prior years, but I don't know. I, th- I think DJ James really solidified himself as the number one guy back there, and I think that he uh, will, will do it for Auburn.
1: Well, if you've been listening to the whole show, everybody at home, you already know who I'm going to pick here. I'm picking Jalen Simpson. I think the safety is going to lead, lead Auburn in interceptions. I like DJ James. I don't think he's going to get a lot of interceptions. He's not going to get targeted, and then when he does, he's going to bat the ball down. He's going to lead the Auburn PB PBUs. J-SIMP, and interceptions.
2: <clears throat> I'm going to do it. I just oh, want Lord. you to know. I just want you Re- to know. Really? Um, gonna- I'm going to do it. Um, and it's going to be part of his campaign to take him, uh, take him up to a first-round draft pick in the NFL draft in 2024.
1: Are you going to go with the freshman? or?
2: I just I- said the 2024 draft.
1: I didn't hear 2024. I just heard drafts, and I was like, oh, this
2: is and my, Lee. I'll start my Kyan Lee tw- first-round propaganda in two years. All right? We'll get there. <laughs> Nehemiah Pritchett's going to ball the hell out this year, folks. Um, they're not, uh, opponents are not going to throw the ball at DJ James, and, and that, that's a layup answer when they do. He's going to bat it down in Hillman. You're absolutely right. He's going to pick a lot of people off this year. Um, Nehemiah Pritchett's going to do it more. Um, I, I have him leading in pass deflections. I have him leading in, in interceptions. He needs a big year. He needs a bounce back year. And and I'm telling you, if I've said it once, I've said it a million times. That guy's special. He got better last year. Um, his separation uh, is, is none now in terms of uh, let, letting guys get around him. He, he just, the last four games, he was a different ball player. And I am super, super high on the things that that, guy, that kid can do with the ball. No, excuse me, when, when, when the ball's being targeted in, uh, to his receiver and his man. Um, he's, he's just locked down, and, and I, I expect a really big year from him. So I'm, I'm, I'm saying Nehemiah Pritchett, and if I'm wrong at the end of the year and the dude still goes first round, I don't apologize. And if I'm wrong at the end of the year and he doesn't go first round, I still don't apologize. So, Daniel.
3: Four guys on here, four different answers. Love it. I'm going with one that has not been talked about at all, and I feel like it's just very – disrespected It's not the right word, but just he's kind of hiding behind all the stars in this DB room, and that's Zion Puckett. You've got two Love years it. of starting experience back there, um, and I think he's going to find himself targeted a lot. So I think he's going to have plenty of opportunities, and I think he's going to
1: capitalize. I, I
10: think this. I up think, here to do, I think this is a question we could all be wrong on. <laughs> I mean, o- yeah. honestly, I mean th- this is this this room is, like I said, just last year with so few interceptions, it's hard to predict who's going to be the guy this year. So I, I'm excited to watch them play.
1: Right on, You're right, Hellman. I'll go with my second choice then. Keldrick Falk is also going to lead Auburn Interceptions as well. <laughs> <laughs> and then the last one, I have a little fun one for you, Hellman. Defensive okay. touchdowns.
10: Yeah. Who's going... th- th- this one, you know, I kind of had to get – you know, you had to get random with this one because is it going to be fumble recovery? It's probably going to be pick sixes. So I, I would think two is probably the is, – is, is the number. It's got to be one of the guys we just mentioned, I think. It's... I think I'll, just, I'll take
2: Nehemiah Pritchett again. Why not?
10: I think Nei—I think Nehemiah Pritchett has that pick six ability. He had one against LSU in 2020. I, I think he's got the speed for it. Sim, Simpson and DJ, DJ James obviously had one last year against Western Kentucky, but I, I think that they – I don't know if they have the the, the, the speed that Nehemiah Pritchett does. I, I think Nehemiah Pritchett can get two pick sixes this year, and who knows? You never know. They, they, he could pick up a fumble and, and run it back. So I, I like Pritchett as my answer here.
1: I'm rocking with my guns here. I got Jason. Uh, you mentioned he doesn't have the speed, but he does have the agility. Dude is like a – he was a route runner in the defensive backfield. So, I think Jason's going to get those two pick sixes uh, this season for the Tigers.
2: I- I'm staying with Dave. I appreciate it. I wasn't joking.
1: <laughs> and, Daniel, are you going to stick with – I'll stick with Ryan. Why not?
10: <laughs> <laughs> I can see he, he – he, hey, he I, – I think he plays a lot like Smoke Monday where – he could, you know, always flow across the middle, and no, not that way. Uh, you, know, he, you know, he's roving the middle. He's roving the middle of the field, and that's how he got his pick sixes. You never know.
1: Oh, I, I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna do some slandering real quick. Uh, Smoke Monday never had an interception where he actually made a good defensive play on the ball.
10: <laughs> nah, I think that Tennessee one. I think that was a pretty good play.
2: All right, I'll, with, give that
10: one. I'll give you that one. I'll give you that
2: one. I'm not running you out of here, but we are 15 minutes behind schedule. Um, so i bad. Get, and not your fault at all. Not your fault at all. Um, <laughs> we'll go to 9.15.
1: It's fine.
2: Well, uh, yeah, we're, we're, it's the college loop. We're behind schedule. What else is new? Give us your score prediction for auburn UMass on Saturday. Tell everybody where they can find you, love you, and support you.
10: All right. Uh, yeah, Saturday is going to be interesting because I think UMass having a week under its belt, I think it's going to help them a bit. Yeah, Auburn has film on them, but I think also the defense is going to it's gonna take a quarter, maybe two, maybe the whole half to really get adjusted, especially their quarterback. He seems to run the ball pretty well. And I think he can find some success there. So I think UMass will, will score a little bit early. I I think they'll get to 17 or 21 points. So I, I'll put them at 21. I'll be pessimistic a little bit. I'll say Auburn scores though. Auburn's gonna score. 49-21. That's my okay. final score
2: prediction. 49-21. Where can everybody find you?
10: Follow me on Twitter at Jacob Hillman AU. Also follow at AE Sports Network. This weekend, it's a big one for the broadcast. Jason Campbell will be uh, will be starting his role as the color analyst next to Andy Bursham. So tune in beginning at 1130 a.m. Central time for the Tigers tailgate show and then obviously kick off at 230. Uh, so you can find that broadcast on the Auburn Tigers app anywhere in the world. So uh, make sure you tune in for that. And again, uh, thank you guys for having me on. I always enjoy it and never hesitate to reach out and have me on. I, I love doing this. So uh, war eagle, guys.
2: Jacob Hillman, you're the War man. War Eagle body. See you soon, Jacob Hillman, AU Sports Network. Everybody. So,
3: we'll before I
10: Get our next
1: guest. It's worth mentioning. Utah is currently at seventeen to three. You. You're That's all well very- and
3: good. That's all well and good, guys. But I'm gonna I'm gonna put the big boy pants on here. I'm gonna step into the driver's seat. I'm. It is my utmost pleasure to introduce one of my great personal friends, very very talented writer, the one and only sports editor of the Auburn Plainsman, Jacob Waters. Get my boy in here. What is up, Jacob? How's it going?
11: What's up, Daniel? Thank you for the uh, kind, kind introduction.
3: Oh, and I forgot to mention
2: guest on the Paul Feinbaum show. That's true. A personal, another personal friend of Pine, Feinbaum. Welcome, welcome yeah. aboard. Look us up. Yeah. Yeah, Jacob, thanks for being flexible with us, man. We uh, yeah, of course, uh, no if, if we're not running behind, we're not on the college loop. Um, okay. So what else is new? Daniel, you got the keys.
3: So – with our good friend, Mr. Waters here, we are going to be talking about the top five games this season. I think the most economical way to go about this is five, 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 four, 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 and so on, as opposed to just list, 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 list. So I'm not going to stall because, like everyone said, we were running behind. So, Jacob, what is the fifth most important game for Auburn this season?
11: Yeah, I was putting together this list this morning. and um, At five, I have the uh, Auburn versus Georgia game. Okay. I just think um, – I think with that Georgia matchup, you know, I'm not really expecting Auburn to win, win that game, so I think for Auburn, it's everything to gain and nothing to lose. So if Auburn comes out and loses by like three touchdowns, home, um, yeah, that would suck for Auburn, but it wouldn't be the most surprising thing. But if Auburn just keep it closed for a little bit, I think that would turn um, a lot of heads, and then just because obviously it's a big rivalry game, I have that at number five on my list, Dylan.
1: I also have the Georgia Bulldogs at my number five slot. Uh, same reason you said. I think this game could be very reminiscent of the 2019 Georgia game, 21-0, but like neither team is really doing anything. Or was it 21-14? Which one was that one?
11: That was I'm the trying. final score. Uh, 21-14. 21-0, yeah.
1: I, I, think, I think this could be very reminiscent of that. Georgia very str- struggles a little bit on offense because I just think that they just do sometimes. I think Auburn could find a way to be a little sneaky, but I just don't think this Auburn team is good enough to beat this Georgia team, quite yet.
2: Fellas, I hate to sound like an echo, but Mr. Waters got it right. Uh, <laughs> this is the fifth most important game on the schedule. The University of Georgia Bulldogs. Everything, everything to gain for Auburn, nothing to lose, like you said.
3: I'm going to switch it up here. Um,
2: Arkansas is a team
3: that a lot of people think is above Auburn right now. Uh, Dylan and I are very staunchly opposed to that viewpoint. So I think the fifth most important game of the year is when Auburn goes up to Fayetteville and proves that take wrong.
2: Sure. We can keep rolling.
3: So Jacob, for number four, who you got?
11: Yeah, I have the Arkansas game that you just talked okay. about. Um, I think the reason for me is that's the final SEC game before that Iron Bowl. So if Auburn can win that, get some momentum. Um, I know Auburn plays in Mexico State right after that, but obviously Auburn's going to win that game. Um, if Auburn can get some momentum with a, in my, what in my in my mind would be a really big road SEC win, get some momentum going to the Iron Bowl, I think that would be huge. And if you look at the games before Arkansas, you have Ole Miss, Mississippi State, and Vanderbilt, which are all like really winnable for Auburn. So if Auburn wins those three games, then beat Arkansas, then beat New Mexico State, and be on like a five-game winning streak going to the Iron Bowl, I think the Arkansas game could be really important for maybe not necessarily just for that game, but for setting up for that Bama game in two, two weeks later.
1: I have I have the LSU Tigers as my number four pick, uh, the Tiger bowl, as you will, Auburn finally has a winning, has the win streak going on in tiger stadium uh, and just trying to keep that alive. Uh, but I don't know. If I, it it, it, it kind of depends on what this LT team is going to look like. And we'll find that out on Sunday. Uh, but overall, I just think that this game is going to be a, I don't want to say a, a make or break, but I think this season definitely does t- tell you a lot about this Auburn team. Uh, especially because you're going to the most uh, hectic environment in college football. If it's not a wide-out game in Penn State, it's Tiger Stadium at 8 o'clock at night. And it's going to be very telling for this team.
2: You know, Dylan, I'm a little bit different than you here. Um, I've actually got the Cal game at number four. Um, And uh, you guys may have that one a little higher. That may not make y'all's list. I think this is an important one, guys. Uh, A road P5, uh, if you want to call them a P5 opponent. Um, I don't think Cal's all that good. I think it's wild that that Auburn's an underdog, but I think it's so 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 important for Hugh Freeze in his first administration to go on the road against a P5 opponent and and, if, and you're one of two of a home and home, and and get a notable profile win in, in the early season. Uh, you really need to be. Uh, let, let's be honest, fellas. When when you when you roll in and you've got UGA at home, you need to be four and You need to be. Um, and and the, ga- the game standing between those two that you guys are probably going to talk about is also on my list. It's actually next. <laughs> um, but I, I think that that's super, super important that Auburn goes out and, and it kind of imposes its will on on Cal uh, because you need to set the pace and, and you need to get out to a fast start because as the season goes on, things sure as hell don't get easier. So that's that's where I'm at on the Cal game. I've got that as the fourth most important game.
3: I've got Cal at number four as well. Um, I feel like the main reason that this is really, really important is that if Auburn wins this game, it's not really going to, you know, raise any eyebrows. Um, it's just kind of what everyone expects to happen. But if Hugh Freeze, with his first uh, coaching staff and this revamped roster, goes out to Berkeley and they lose, that's gonna, yeah. that's gonna, that's gonna bring some questions. Um, there will be instant doubt if if Auburn made the right choice and. You don't want that to start the second week of your um, tenure, so that's why I've got it at number four. So Jacob, keep it rolling. Who do you have at number
2: three?
11: Yeah, at, at three, I actually have the the Iron Bowl here. Um, I think it's kind of kind of like Georgia. Little, I'm not going to expect Auburn to win that game. Although, actually, if if this makes any sense, I don't expect Auburn to win it, but I'm going to predict Auburn to win it though. Uh, right sure, now. but um, I get that. Kind of, if Auburn ends up losing it, then okay, whatever it would kind of be unrealistic to say Hugh Freeze is going to be Alabama in year one, but it could happen. Um, But, yeah, this doesn't really need that much explanation. It's Hugh Freeze's first Iron Bowl, and since it's at home, that automatically is going to give Auburn a chance to uh, end the regular season in a terrific way for uh, Hugh Freeze. So I think I have that at three just because, like I said with Georgia, it's not like I'm expecting him to win, but it's still – it is the Iron Bowl. So that's just automatically for me going to be in that top five.
1: Oh, well, let's see. I'm gonna kick it a little different here. I'm gonna go the week four matchup at Texas A&M, the game that I have been nonstop giving hot takes about, and by hot takes, I mean uh, very, very good takes that are gonna borderline be borderline hate
2: speech. Borderline no, hate speech. no.
1: I yeah. I've never directly said that I hate anyone on this show.
2: Uh, Admitting it is the first step. That's right. Yeah. Except I've never is the said first it. step.
1: I've never directly said that I hate them. Never said it on the show on record. But, yeah, this is going to be the game that's going to prove a lot about this Auburn team. And you brought up the Cal game. Yeah, kind of. I just don't think Cal is there yet to really show a lot about what this Auburn team can be. AM is the game you're going to be looking out for. And if you look back, this season feels a lot like 2013. And it's weird that I'm saying that because I hate comparing anything to a good thing. Uh, that's why I really hated when I thought Joey Gatewood was next to Cam Newton. That was wrong. <laughs> a little um, off there. Very, 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 very. Very off. But I just – when I look at this – when I think about this game, Auburn's first SEC game in 2013 was Texas a the year after the 3-9 season, firing Gene Chizik. Hallelujah that they fired him uh, at that moment. Uh, then you look at this season. A bad season before, you fired another train wreck of a head coach, and then you open the season up in the SEC with Texas A&M. And all I could think about is Rod Bramlett's call at the end of that game. The Auburn Tigers just announced to the college football world that they are back. And I think this is where Auburn gets Jim Fisher fired.
2: You know, I'm, I'm actually on, on the same wavelength as you here, Dylan, about the third most important game on the schedule being Texas A&M. Um, there's, there's a number of reasons for this one. Texas A&M's in the West. <laughs> I mean, that's first off. That's just important to win, not just your conference games, but your divisional games. <laughs> that's 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 a start. And also, you've got LSU and Alabama hanging and uh, hanging and waiting uh, in the, throughout the rest of the season. And they're the presumptive favorites to win the West. You got to be competitive in the games you're not playing. Them. Uh, Texas A&M, this is a make-or-break year for Jimbo Fisher, and it, arguably, it might be a bigger game for Jimbo Fisher than it is for Auburn. I would also be remiss if I did not mention outside of the one time that Brian Harson headed to College Station as the head coach of the, of the Auburn Tigers. Auburn has not struggled in Agg- Aggieland. Auburn does not lose in College Station. That is not a place that scares me. Auburn um, West Campus. <laughs> and and it really it doesn't. Home of the 12th man, great, good, that's whatever. I watched the Johnny Football documentary just like everybody else. It was awesome. Not really, it was very bad. Um but this is an important one, more, more important for Jimbo Fisher to keep his job, but also to get Auburn started out on the right foot in SEC play. It, it, it is so imperative. If you can take care of business against AM, people are going to start taking you seriously. Because for whatever reason, the national media, and this is not me saying, oh, I hate the man, but for whatever reason, we have gaslit ourselves into thinking that Texas a and is worth talking about again. When all they have done is prove that they're not over the past couple of years. And, and I'm sorry, folks, that's true. If that hurts your feelings and you're an Aggie fan, drop in the comments. Let's chat. I'm not the A&M hater that Dylan is. I'm just being honest. But I'm Texas never- a is my number three most important game on the on the off-room schedule for that reason.
3: You know, I'm going with Mississippi State at my number three. Um, Two-game losing streak against them. Yeah. Um, and the last time they were injured in here, it was not pretty. Uh, right? I don't think anyone wants to talk about that, so I'm just going to move past that. Um, but that's kind of a memory a you're trying to you're trying to erase that and B it's just kind of one of those like like you said Harrison like they're a west opponent like you've got to win those games and I kind of have them on this list the same reason I have Arkansas is Auburn will have the chance to prove once again that yes we are moving back past them in the pecking order um, So Jacob, who do you have at number two?
11: Yeah, before I get to number two, I want to say to Dylan, don't feel bad about that Gatewood comparison because I was super high on Woody Barrett too. It was oh, part believe of that. me,
1: I was too, and I also yeah, Jeremy cool. Johnson was going to win yeah. the Heisman. I've I've been through the ringer with all uh, yeah, quarterbacks.
11: Yeah, me too, but yeah, and number two, I have the uh, Ole Miss game. Uh, I think there's so much storyline there with you know obviously Freeze being there and all the uh, links to Auburn getting Kiffin uh, last fall. I mean, the atmosphere is just going to be. Absolutely electric! Uh, I think it would be, which is how hyped that game's gonna be. It would be pretty bad for Auburn to lose that. Um, You know, you gotta think of the schedule before that Ole Miss game. You got A and M, Georgia, and LSU. And um, to me, those obviously Georgia and LSU are really losable. Um, And then A and M, in my opinion, is too. So if Auburn came out and start off, let's say zero and three in the conference, and then lost to Ole Miss two, that would obviously be that would be an zero and four start. that would be an 0 and 4 start to the uh, SEC playing, which would obviously not be a good start at all.
1: I'm gonna I'm gonna rock with you here. I also have the Ole Miss Rebels at the number two, the highest ranking I'd ever give them in anything. Uh but yeah, you bring up the storylines of this game. Hugh Freeze uh playing its Ole Miss, uh his old his old team that he brought up from the ashes that now they hate him for. Uh for whatever reason, other than the fact that they I'm not going to get into that. Uh, but yeah, the storyline uh, and it just all just rings. Just, this is going to be a great game that Auburn's going to win uh, because history has shown that Auburn owns that state in the West.
2: I've got the old Miss game at number two as well. Fellas uh, Jacob, you're absolutely correct. In my opinion, um, let me, let me add a couple, a little bit of editorialization here since we're already dragging Zach card out and making him wait forever. It'll be yeah. all right. Um, Hugh Freeze is not losing to Ole Miss in his first year at all. Um, it's it, it's not happening. And and it, this game is tremendously important because a lot of people think that, that Ole Miss is pretty damn good this year. Um, I think they're pretty average. I think they're they're an above-average football team. Uh, I don't, I've not seen enough in terms of players in uh, on on the defensive side of that ball for me to look and say, yeah, Ole Miss has got what it takes to win the West. They don't have what it takes to finish second in the West. Hey. Not to mention – I've heard nothing but good things about. Oh, Jackson Dart's come so far along; he's such a good football player. Then why was he not that good of a football player last year? I've, I've just, I've just got questions. And and this is not me hating on, on Ole Miss, but if you think that Ole Miss is is better to Auburn or superior in any way, just look at the numbers. It, it, they really don't lie. Um, that football program should not scare a single Auburn fan, and 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 it, 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 quite frankly, it never will. Uh, regardless of even when, when they were very very good. A couple of years ago, with a young man at quarterback that you may remember, and they won ten games. It was like going to the Super Bowl for Ole Miss. You want to talk about Auburn having little brother syndrome? Yeah, let's let's talk about that. Daniel, you're on to your number two pick.
3: Um, so we're so close to going around the horn here. I really don't want to ruin it, but unfortunately, I have to. <laughs> uh, at, at my number two spot, um, I've got the Iron Bowl. Um, obviously big game, a lot of people's be number one, even if both teams were to somehow go into it. zero and 11. Um, sure. but very big deal. Um, Nick Saban doesn't do his best coaching in Jordan hair. He dang near got out coached, And some might say he did get out coached by Brian Harson with a backup quarterback in a trash can at the kicker position. Um, and that that's not Evan McGuire slander. That's just facts. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, But, yeah, obviously, the Iron Bowl, Alabama's got three – 20, 21, 22. Yeah, three wins in a row. Um, Auburn's got a punch back soon. Will this be the year? I don't know,
2: but it'll be a big game. Mr. Waters, you're number one.
11: Yeah, number one. Uh, I think – or I don't know, at least uh, Dylan Harrison, you all already touched on it, with the uh, A&M game. That's my number one most important game. Uh, I think just mainly because it's the first SEC game of the season, and it's on the road. Um, I know Dylan's takes about A&M, and uh, well, I don't fully agree to his extent. I do. I understand the A&M uh, slander, but at, at the same time, it's so early in the season. Auburn's still gonna be gelling together. That's still gonna be a tough game, and um, even if A&M ends up going like five and seven again, if Auburn can look back on the season
2: when they okay, wind up going we, five
11: and seven, we we be A&M um week four on the road that would that could still be a big win regardless of a&m's uh finishing record and like i said you got georgia and lsu after that um which like i said in my opinion i think auburn's gonna lose both of those games so if auburn loses to a&m that would basically be an 0-3 start to the sec which obviously you don't want that to happen and even if that does happen i wouldn't wouldn't sound the alarm be like oh my gosh the freeze hire was terrible it's just really unfortunate um sec scheduling but I think it w- that is a really important game. Because like I said, if Auburn win it, I think that would be really impressive. And uh, if Auburn loses it, then you're probably looking at an 0-3 start to um, the SEC. I
2: think that's that's on the table. All right, Dylan, go ahead and tell us about the hey, Iron
11: Bowl.
1: I give a little bit more slander towards Ole Miss than I do at Texas a and I just think Auburn's going to get Jimbo Fisher fired, and I'm just going to be laughing my butt off on Sunday morning when I get the headline on my ESPN app. <laughs> But yeah, my number one's the Iron Bowl. I I honestly thought it was gonna be unanimous number one. I, I wrote when I made this list, Alabama was one, and then I went through the schedule to pick my games. That's that's how I do this, because it doesn't matter. Like Daniel said, if both teams are 0-11 going to this game, this it's the biggest game of the season no matter what. Uh we hate each other. We do. I'm using we because I am repping all Auburn right now. Uh and Utah. Go yeah. use. Uh yeah, uh, this game is gonna be very telling. Uh, of the seat. this is going to wrap up the season in either a fabulous way or just a okay. Uh, Auburn's going to rebuild. There's not a bad way to end this game, unless somehow Alabama has a somewhat decent quarterback who can throw the ball for 300 yards, which I don't think is going to happen in the slightest this year. Uh But when I, I compared it to 20, 20, 20, 2013, when I mentioned Texas A&M, I might bring it up again. If there's ever gonna be a year where an Auburn football team should not beat Nick Saban on the on the latter part of his career, this
2: would be the year. You know, Dylan, I really did this to shock everybody. I left the Iron Ball off my list. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Go ahead and talk about the Iron Ball. Yeah. So I had the iron ball at number one. <laughs> <laughs> um, there is so much element that like Dylan just hit the nail on the head. Um it really does not matter. Um, in, in not just in, in in an Auburn, Alabama lore, if you will, not in just an Iron Bowl lore. In the state of Alabama, nothing matters more than the Iron Bowl. Um, you are a king for 364 days, and then you play it again. Um, it does not matter which you know which team comes in favored. It doesn't matter who's got the Heisman favorite, or if, if one of those teams has a guy that's slung, slung the rock for like a million yards. It doesn't matter. Um, it is the ultimate equalizer. There is a tangible difference in atmosphere. My senior year, Auburn was 6-5 and going into the Iron Bowl. And it still felt like both teams were playing for a national championship because you are playing for a state championship in the state. The college football matters more there than anywhere else. That's a fact, folks. There's no pro sports. And Mississippi is irrelevant. I will say this much. It is not going to be a measure jacob you, you hit you hit the nail on the head there is not a measure of is you free successful or not as long as you play them reasonably close even if you lose the ball game it's okay i do think there's a real world where auburn has eight or nine wins going into the iron bowl does anyone in this room know the success of nick saban against an eight or nine win auburn team i do it's not good <laughs> folks i'm, I'm crazy i'm and, and and Waters, I usually don't sunshine pump this hard for football. That's usually <laughs> my basketball stick. I'm drinking the Kool Aid. I think the Albert Tigers are winning the Iron Bowl this year. And I think it's the most important game in the schedule every year, but certainly this year. So, Daniel, go ahead.
3: And my job here, uh, Waters, is to bring everyone back down the earth. No one has to. That hmm. um, I call them the sunshine pumping twins. But, anyways, <laughs> Wait the kind till of basketball season. <laughs> oh, I'm, yeah. I'll, I'll check you on it then, too. <laughs> and just kind of come back in. Um, unrealistic expectations, and I'm not saying they're unrealistic, lead to disappointment. Shout out my brother Chris Mendoza over at the Auburn Villager. Great article he wrote. Go check it out. Um, but, anyways, my most important game of the year, and I'm not going to spend too much time elaborating on it since all three guys already spoke on it, but the
2: Ole Miss game gets it for me. Right on. Jacob, can we get a score prediction for this weekend's matchup against UMass and where everybody can find you, follow your work, and uh, and, and show some love?
11: Yeah, um, I'll do my prediction first. I think right now I'm saying that 41-10 to 10 Auburn. Love um, it. I think kind of like Jacob said before me, um, I think maybe that first half, Auburn would take some time to get rolling. But by that second half, I don't see Auburn having any problems. So I'll go 41-10. to 10. And uh, y'all can uh, just follow me on Twitter at JacobWaters underscore.
2: Right on, right on. Check your workout over at the Auburn Plainsman as the sports editor, correct? Correct. All right, man. Well, you're a friend of the program now. Thanks for so much for joining us. Jacob Waters of the Auburn Plainsman, everybody. Thank you for having me. Yes, sir. All right, now we've kept him waiting for literally a half hour. Uh, and he's rounding out the show. Make sure you're dropping your comments, asking your questions. We're still going to have an open question session. That's not getting thrown away. We're going to take care of everybody. We've got questions we want to answer. I want to welcome up Eagle Eye TV's very own Scholarship Award recipient, Zach Card, absolute dog. Bring him on the show, Dylan. There he is. Zach. Hey, how y'all doing? Hey, we thought we'd, uh, we'd just uh, let it marinate, you know, um, and let
5: you hang out. <laughs> so Hey, well, you know, I was kind of hoping y'all, y'all go a little bit over. Uh, Colin, our boy Colin, double booked me tonight. I was at the Auburn soccer game doing a package, so. I'm, oh, I was it worked out. my fingers. Yeah, it worked out perfectly.
2: Well, we ran not just a little bit over. We ran a lot over. Um, yeah, so, Zach, right. thank you for being flexible. Um, thank you for coming back on the show, friend of the program. Uh, glad, to, glad to see you. We're not talking Auburn floor, Auburn ceiling. Um, Daniel, you want to run this one again? I'm going to let you run point again if you want to, buddy. My, my voice is a little sore.
3: Yeah, I got it. So, um, Auburn floor, Auburn ceiling, there is a lot of discrepancy there, and there always is. That's just not exclusive to – Am I coming through? My my fi is pretty bad.
2: We got you. We got oh, yeah. you, Dylan. Okay, yeah.
3: Cool. Just want to make sure. I, just want to make sure before I spend a bunch of time talking for no reason. So um, every year, there is a very very diverse range of what Auburn fans expect the team to do. Even last year, I remember seeing on Instagram one person thought we were going to go three and nine, and one person thought we were going to be in the playoff. Um, so it's just it's just par for the
5: course so zach what's your floor for the year for auburn so my floor i've got us at four and seven i think one of those non-con games i think is possible we can drop i think we could drop against california i don't think against the other three teams we're gonna lose so those are three automatic wins and i think we're guaranteed at least one win in the sec bottom line if we're awful horrible bottom line we're gonna get one win in the sec and we're gonna win those three non-con games outside of california that's a toss-up to me
2: that would be a four and eight season by the way
5: (laughs) four and eight sorry we just
2: omit one of the games
5: yeah one of those doesn't matter it doesn't count
2: they drop your lowest score exactly exactly that's right zach for for auburn to go four and eight um a lot of things have to go wrong clearly but what does that look like in terms of is it is it injuries is it schematics or there's an element of the SEC it's not always X's and O's it's Jimmys and Joes I mean where where what would have to go horrifically wrong there
5: I think everything from top down have to go wrong
2: uh oh we might have lost Mister Card
1: it is wild to say four four
5: and eight sorry. Four.
2: Someone no, called me good. right
5: in the middle of it and mess it up because I'm on my phone. Don't they know uh, better, man? You're busy. Yeah, come on. Um, but, yeah, everything would have to go wrong. Probably Jarquez would get injured or suspended if, you know, who knows what's going on with that. I'm not going to touch on that. Um, <laughs> just everything has to go wrong. Quarterback, maybe both quarterbacks go down. We're, we're stuck with the third string. Not that Holden or Ashford, whoever is in that third spot is, is bad or anything, but – it, it would have to take some injuries. It would have to take some things to go wrong. But floor, I think, worst case scenario, four and eight.
2: I'm a little more optimistic on the floor. I, I think that five and seven the floor. Uh, I think there's a lot of losable SEC games, fellas. Um, LSU, Georgia, Alabama's are the givens. A&M's right there. As much as it pains me to say Ole Miss is losable, I guess theoretically so is New Mexico State. But, I mean, <laughs> I think that, that that's 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 my floor is five and seven. Uh, Daniel, where are you at for your floor? So, my floor, I'm thinking five
3: and seven as well. Um, obviously, the three uh, group of five team – or two group five, one FCS. Um, it's three wins right there. I, I don't see Auburn losing to Cal. And then I don't see Auburn losing to Mississippi State. Um, or – yeah, now I'm gonna stick with Mississippi State. It's either Mississippi State or Vanderbilt, but you know Vanderbilt's on the road, and even though it'll only be twenty-eight thousand people, and probably twenty-one thousand of them will be Auburn fans, you're highballing. Still, <laughs> yeah, uh, still just a, a road game. It's just you know Auburn doesn't travel, or the, the fans do. The team sometimes they don't. Um, so my my floor is five and seven.
1: Still. My floor is six and six. It's hard for me to believe that, uh, that a season after hiring the worst head coach in Auburn athletics history, uh, you don't go bowling. Tony uh, Barbie would like a word. Uh, Brian Harson will not be getting a word because I'm not going to let him on the show. Uh, but, yeah, I think the floor is six and six. This team is going to go bowling. It's hard for me to believe that he better that an improved team and improved coaching staff and uh, – it's kind of it's kind of easy to start from zero to get better than uh, negative numbers whenever you're talking about in terms of improving a head coach. Yeah, I think six and six is where we're going to go from here. Uh, I, I think you if you don't beat, beat both Mississippis, you're going to split it, and I think you're going to split one between
2: Arkansas and Texas A&M at the bare minimum. James Barnett kind of agrees with you there. Dylan says the floor is six and the ceiling is 11. Uh, if Auburn only wins four games, that means that they lost half their team to injuries or something else, just his opinion. Yeah, James, you're right. I mean, if, if you only win four games, and I think that's what Zach means, is absolute worst-case ap- apocalypse strikes. Um, there's quite literally a tornado that comes through practice while guys are on the field, um, things like that. Um, that 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 is certainly plausible if everyone gets banged up. Uh, Mr. Card, let's open it up. Let's talk about ceiling before we get to, to where we actually think that Auburn can wind up. Um, what is your ceiling uh, for, for Auburn football this year?
5: Yeah, I don't hate that 11-win number, but I'm going to go around 10. I know that's where y'all think we might sit after the season's all said and done, but I think that's our ceiling. Uh, I just I don't know if we can beat two out of the three LSU, Georgia, and Bama. I just don't think that's going to happen. I think we'll, we might win one, and I think that'll put us at 10 wins, but I just don't think that we're, we could beat all three of them.
2: AJ Rivera says floor is six and seven, losing bowl game. Ceiling is eleven with a bowl win. That's something important to mention. Um, I think that if you're looking at including the bowl record, um, I think seven and six would be would be the floor because I actually think Auburn's going to start winning bowl games. Um, <laughs> that which will be well, refreshing. <laughs> um, Daniel, your your ceiling for this team.
3: Um. So my ceiling is nine and three. And then you either go to New Orleans or Tampa um, for a bowl game, make some noise there and win uh, to be 10 and three on the year. I'm, I'm with Zach. I'm just not th- those three games, man. Um, Alabama, Georgia, Texas St. and I think one is a realistic number. Um, and I think it'll slip up somewhere before that. Um, like outside of those three. So I, I really, I think nine and three is plausible. Um but I don't see anything um higher than that at this point. Um if Auburn, you know, gets rolling out of the gate and goes into the Georgia game four and and shocks the world, then I'd definitely like to revisit this discussion. But
2: sure. And we will. <laughs> um Dylan, uh we'll I'll, I'll let you go first. I'll go ahead and cheers you on the Kool Aid though. <laughs> cheers.
1: I'm sorry. There we go. Cheers. <laughs> yeah, my
2: ceiling is eleven and one.
1: <laughs> uh, I think that at the best case scenario, you're gonna beat at Alabama and LSU. I think Georgia's too good, uh, so that's, my ceiling is a West uh, championship. Uh, yeah, that's where I'm sitting at. I think you just take down LSU at and Tiger Stadium and take down Alabama in the off season. I'm not that.
8: Mm-hmm.
2: that's mm-hmm. a ceiling it's a ceiling yeah, it my prediction one the, it's one of the ceilings of all time i mean theoretically the ceiling is 15 and 0 exactly so um, we're sticking that's my prediction that's yeah okay um sure uh i'm drinking i've only had two gallons of kool-aid i think you've had four um so i i'm gonna be a little realistic here i think it's 10 without a bowl win 11 with a bowl win and i'll be honest guys If 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 you freeze can get what I think he can get out of this team, I don't think that's unreasonable. I do think you lose to Georgia. I think it's closer than a lot of people would project to be, but I think you lose to Georgia. I do think that you go to L- LSU and probably fall in Death Valley. And I mentioned earlier on the show, I do think Auburn can win the Iron Bowl this year. I think the path is right there uh, in, in front of you. 10 and 2 feels all on the table. At that point, you probably finish what? Second in the West. LSU wins the West. They go play Georgia and in Mercedes-Benz Stadium, have fun with that. Better you than me. Um, and then you go to a, a, a bowl game and, and you finish the season eleven and two. I do want to put it out there though. If Auburn finishes the season nine and three, goes and wins, a, what a, a Sugar Bowl um, and goes uh, or or similar. Sugar, you know, it's like when you go to a rental car place, it's like Kia Kia Soul or similar. Yeah, Sugar Bowl or <laughs> similar, and, and and wins, and, and you have a ten win season under year one of Hugh Freeze, not only is this season a success, it is a astronomically tremendous success. If you have a double-digit win count in year one, I mean, there's not going to be a soul within light years of this college football universe that doesn't think that Auburn hit a home run hiring Hugh Freeze. So, um, I, I mean, if you hit the ceiling that I think is truly attainable – and, and Daniel, Zach, you, you guys mentioned, too, uh, as well, nine wins in the regular season, possibly going and winning a bowl game. That is huge, right? So uh, it'll be very interesting to see how that
5: shakes out. Card, I do want to get where you think Auburn will be this year. I'm thinking seven, eight wins. I'm going to err on the side of eight. So that's where I think we're going to go, a little bit above the middle of the pack. But I think with the SEC, everyone's so good. Anyone could be anyone on any, on any given week. I mean, we could lose to Vandy in in Nashville. We could lose to Mississippi State. I think any of these games are winnable and any of these games are droppable. So I'm going to go kind of right down the middle, eight and five. Okay. I like that.
2: Um, Dylan, Daniel, and I um, have already given our season predictions, and I somehow landed on 10 and two. I know I'm smoking something, and I need to figure out what it is because I have a problem. Um, I do want to get your UMass score. Uh, auburn umass score while we still got you and then daniel dylan and i will give our revised umass score i had to rethink some things mostly because i forgot about the running clock feature um <laughs> which actually alters my score kind of significantly um so i want to get your auburn umass score and get and give us where you uh where where you think that auburn can excel on saturday and what's what's successful for auburn on saturday
5: okay so i've been thinking about this all <laughs> the whole soccer game i haven't really been Focusing on the stock game and thinking of what I'm going to say for my score prediction. I think it's going to be 47-17. to 17. It was kind of, I, I was sitting at 52 before. I think it's going to go down 47. Uh, we don't hit that 50-burger quite, uh, quite right. Um, but, yeah, 47-17. I think we're going to come out early, air the ball out. he was going to show a little bit of the offense off that we didn't see on A-Day because of all the rain and how nasty that weather was that day. I think he's going to show off a couple things. And we're going to start cruising on them. Uh, and like Mike G said earlier, that we're going to probably let up a trash, garbage time, touchdown, uh, or field goal or or, or two. Um, so that's how UMass gets that 17.
2: Oh, Daniel, Dylan's got the ultra bug on right now. I'm I got ready. the
5: orange and blue goggles on. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Let's hear it. Go ahead, Dylan.
1: The Auburn Tigers are going to cover that spread. I'm going to stick with Mike G's uh, thing, cover the spread by one. I got 40, 49 to 10 covering the spread by one and on their route to a 10 and two season where they will finish third in the West and play Wisconsin in a bowl game.
2: Right on. Okay. Yeah, it
1: happens. It happens a lot.
2: (laughs) Okay. Daniel, your score prediction. If Daniel is still alive and well, if not, I'll go ahead and say mine is 45, 13 Auburn.
5: Score prediction.
2: That's tough. Even tougher when you don't have service. Yeah, we got you. Now. <laughs> yeah, the, you got it. Yes. Internet service
3: okay, sorry. My too. Wi Fi is so bad. Um, give me 45 to 10.
2: Okay. So uh, Daniel and I are right there and neck and neck. Zach Card kind of in that, in that same, uh, same neck of the woods. Awesome. So that's, uh, that's where we're at. Drop your uh, score predictions for those of you guys hanging out in the chat. Start throwing the questions our way because we're going to start opening this up as soon as we kick Zach Card off. Just kidding. We let him go back to the rest of his evening. Zach, I appreciate you, brother. Um, thank you so much for coming on the show we really really appreciate having you on love having you here friend of the program welcome back anytime that makes you happy congratulations on the scholarship by the way we are super super proud of you so well deserved um and zach won't brag on himself enough but i will because this man is an outstanding member of auburn student media as so many of the individuals that there are at auburn it is ridiculous how talented and how deep they are um tell everybody where they can find you love you support you and check out your work
5: yeah, so on Twitter and Instagram at Zach Card underscore Z-A-C-H-C-A-R-D with an underscore to uh, show Eagle Eye TV some love. We got a bunch of bunch of young student journalists trying to make it out into the TV world. So show us some love.
2: Trying to make it out the studio. <laughs> yeah, Thanks yeah, so much, Zach.
5: Shoebox studio.
2: <laughs> Thanks so much for everything, Zach. Zach Card, everybody. All right, gentlemen, before we get to questions, I am feeling loopy. Um, Dylan, I'm gonna ask you a massive favor. What do uh, you what are you shaking your pen about?
1: Oh, uh, I I got I got some comments that I've already starred in reference to the shirt. Uh, okay great. I might be a little I might be be a little biased.
2: That that's fine. I'm gonna let you read that. I'm gonna go grab a Coca-Cola super, super quick while you're reading.
1: <laughs> All right, coming from Lauren Collins. I love my feeling loopy shirt. And she also goes by and says that it's the best shirt ever. If you don't know why I'm biased, that is my girlfriend. She's got a shirt and she absolutely loves it and if you do not have one you need to get one they are the feeling loopy shirts on the warreport.com only $25 for the most comfortable shirt you will ever wear football season is literally right around the corner and the corner is ever getting closer so pack up your game day and look good while doing it and get your own feeling loopy shirt and i mean Lauren has good taste. What can I say? She loves the shirt. She loves me.
2: Well, I think one, she has great one taste. half of those things we can agree on. The other one, <laughs> we need to figure out what percent of the show profits we give to her to put up with you. <laughs> All right, folks. Let's open it up to some questions. Uh, let's see. Jonathan Conley said he would like to retract his score from earlier. He gave, can you throw that up there for me, Dylan? Uh, he gave, uh, let's see. He said, give me 48-13 final. Maybe a little carried away, but my 63-13 <laughs> I agree with that. That uh, the, the running clock, John, by the way, thanks for hanging out. Um, if you want to pop back in the stream and answer some questions, boys, I'm down. If John wants to come answer some more questions, um, I'm down. So you've got the link, man. Come back on in. Let's uh, let's roll, let's roll through some other ones. Uh, AJ Rivera's super theoreticals, it, it, we got to talk about <laughs> super theoretical. Auburn goes 11 and 1 with Georgia loss, but faces them again in the SEC championship game, beats Georgia, and goes on to win the Natty. Instant reactions to this other than I want whatever drugs he's on.
1: Uh, you need a pair of these two, AJ. <laughs> Orange and blue. <laughs> I mean, if Auburn does hit that ceiling of 11 and one, and uh, of course, if you, in that scenario, you're losing to Georgia, you're going to play them again. That's the championship. And it's really hard to beat a team twice. And we've seen it happen before where it's teams that seem to throttle some teams struggle in the second game of the season. So, I mean, looking at it that way, I mean, if Auburn does go 11 and 1, I think this is very feasible to happen, but I just don't think that that's what's going <laughs> to, I don't think that's actually what's going to be going on.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that that's, uh, I, this is some kind of drug um, that I've not seen in a while. Um, but let's look at some other score predictions from James Barnett, 56 to 6. I don't hate this one. I do think UMass grabs a touchdown. I do.
1: That could be a touchdown.
2: That could be. And a missed extra point. And you know what? I'm now rooting. James Barnett, I'm now rooting for your score because that would be hilarious. Um, So, yes, I like this a lot. Yeah, I got Um, some more
1: comments from the top of the show, Tar. Yes, let's go. All right. So, I got from John Lee. College Loop TV setup thread needs to happen on the Bird App Saturday. It will not happen Saturday, but I'm down to do this every other Saturday that all of us
2: are not in Auburn, Alabama. For the Auburn Tigers game. So by that, he means that, <laughs> oh, it looks like John Conley has rejoined <laughs> the program. Welcome back, John.
4: Hello. Happy to be back. Have you enjoyed the show? Oh, yes. It's been a great time. It's been an absolute great time. You guys have done an absolute phenomenal job well, uh, with this that. live stream. It's It's been a ton of fun. I've enjoyed uh, every second of it. And
2: this is coming from a non-Auburn fan, just a guy that just lo- loves ball. So I'm glad to hear that. That means that's you're true. Your, real, real
4: quick though, we've been saying War Eagle a lot. G- Got to give a shout out to my uh, my Georgia Southern Eagles. Ah, Southern,
2: where you go know. to that? Yes. What about what about the University of Auburn War Eagles? Thoughts? Do,
4: do what? Uh, I mean, there. I mean, listen. I've been I've been I've been enjoying it. I'm going to be watching probably a lot more Auburn football than I have uh, all my entire life. Be watching a lot of Auburn football this year. Uh, I'm super excited about cool. what Auburn can do. Um, I'm super excited about it. I think in in the West, uh, they have a chance to. I mean, you guys have talked about this entire show. Uh, they have a chance to really kind of. They can really be anywhere within the stretch of the West. They can finish last at their worst. They can finish second. I mean, there's there's really nothing um, that can stop them from doing either one of those things.
2: Yeah. Well, let's, let's, we're going to answer some more uh, fan questions. I guess fans such a stretch, looper questions. Uh, Don, hop in as much as you want. We got Riley.
3: I got something to say first. So, John, I've been noticing the logo on your shirt. And I was like, where have I seen that before? (laughs) My favorite country singer, Cole Swindell. That's right. That's right.
4: Good old Cole Swindell, baby.
1: I see. I also got a comment. This one's, I'm just going to get this one out of the way very quickly because I did the research on this while everyone else was talking. Who is the last first round wide receiver from Auburn? And you'll be shocked to know that that was Terry Beasley in the 1972 NFL draft. Uh, so it's been a while. We had a tight end go uh, in the 80s, but 1972 was the last wide receiver to go in the first round.
2: That's that's a tough stat. <laughs> at, at,
1: at, at least it's somebody that has their number retired. I mean – <laughs> that's,
2: a, that's a rough stat. Let's talk about B. Wells' forehead again. Will Auburn have a better record than Florida? Um, yes. Yeah. 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 Right.
1: The, the getting fired, but not tonight, but at some point
2: so. Not tonight, but tomorrow. Um, I'm looking <laughs> at the Florida schedule right now. Uh, I'm 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 gonna run through real quick. Let's look. Let, can we do this for funsies? Can we just run through? Yeah, why not? Um, since since the it's been put on the on, Are on the. Are we saying win loss? Yeah, yeah. We'll just kind of go with the general consensus here. Utah, they're going to lose. McNeese oh, yeah. win. Tennessee yep. loss. Loss. Charlotte win. Kentucky loss. 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 Vanderbilt win, loss, kind of a toss up. I'm going. I'm going to be generous and say win at South Carolina. Loss, Loss. Georgia bloodbath, Arkansas loss, Loss. LSU bloodbath, Missouri toss up. Could be a good game.
1: That could be a very good game.
2: Loss. Loss. Yeah, I. Yeah, B wills forehead. I. If Auburn doesn't have a better record than Florida this year, they're, they're, there's going to be some problems.
1: Yeah, uh, and go to B-Well's forehead again. Florida is straight cheeks. Yes. I also have, who knew Graham Mertz was garbage? I did. I ranked him 14th, and then I fell for, for the, in the SEC for a reason, and I contemplated 15th or 16th.
2: I like this. I like the grammar on this one. I'm not calling you out, B. Will. Uh, this B. Will's forehead. This is hilarious. Who N E W Graham Mary was garbage, and we knew exactly what you meant. Um, I think it's arguably funnier because you can read into this deeper and just assume that you're not even giving him the time of day to make sure you spell this correctly. I mean, um, that's what I love and, too. And, I, and and this is why I love B. Will's forehead.
1: Also, God, love these conversations. But I want to point out that to Mike G that Florida is going to, is going to let the SEC down tonight.
2: <laughs> that's. I mean. I, mean, I was wondering who the first SEC domino was going to fall was going to be, fellas, and it is clearly Florida. My, I could have told you it was going to be Florida.
4: My big question is: is how bad is this game if Cam Rising's in and he's oh, healthy good to go? Five I mean, scores. Five scores. Cool. The backup
1: quarterback threw a seventy-yard bomb on the first offensive play for Utah, and that this is a team that loves to run the ball. So, we'll take that as you will. Then we got Riley M back straight up. Who has the better running back room than Auburn? I think. Auburn is I, – I, I know I'm wearing the goggles. I think the only one you can argue with is in the Big Ten, uh, the, the Big Three, the Big Ten. I think those are the, those are the argumentative ones you can make.
2: But it It's confidently the best running back room in the SEC, fellas. Oh, by far. Um, I was talking to a, a good buddy of mine who uh, works in, in, in student media over at the University of Georgia uh, the other day, and he goes, man, I sure wish that we had a sexy group of running backs like you guys do. Like, that's the sexiest position on the field, right? And, and he's like, we just, we don't. Uh, it, it is it is something that a lot of people wish that they had in the SEC. And you put this stable of running backs on like a, a, like a Georgia, on like an Alabama. And not only are they national championship con, uh, contenders, they are clear favorites because they're going to be so dominant.
1: <laughs> be Will's forehead again. Didn't even realize I spelled that trash can's name wrong.
2: <laughs> and I love that about you. I love that about you, Be Will's forehead.
1: And we got AJ again with Lane Kiffin is the future of Florida. No, he's the future of Alabama, AJ. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's holding out for that job. We got James Barnett with, fellas, where do you rate our defense now and where do you think we'll end up at the end of the season? I think we are top 14 in the SEC right now.
2: Okay, top 14 in the SEC. I can, I can get behind that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> in the season, hopefully top seven. I want to make this clear. The way I'm going to answer this question. Is, is, is going to be in the, in the sphere of the SEC. Um, I just don't feel comfortable putting it against the rest of, of college football because I quite frankly don't think it's that high. Um, there's not a better DB room in the, in, in the league. Um, so there is that. But there are a lot better front sevens in the league. So it's, it's finding the, the mixture. and You would think that those two things would average out to about the middle. Um, I, I think that Auburn probably has the third or fourth best defense in the West. That doesn't mean that they don't have a better defense than most of the East, not named Georgia. Um, I certainly think that they're in the upper third. Does that feel right? Yeah, I would, I would say yeah. John, your, your, your thoughts?
4: Oh, yeah. I mean, Auburn, Auburn certainly has uh, – I mean, their front seven has a, a lot of improvement, especially the linebacker position. They, got a, they have a lot a, – a little ways before they can close that gap. Um, that we see, especially there are some good linebacking cores in the East, um, but uh, but no, I mean Auburn. Auburn, I think, has the chance to finish here with yeah. I, if you were to say a top third, so you know, top seven, six, five defense in the league, I don't think that's a uh, in, in the conference. I don't think that's a crazy take um, in the slightest. I mean, obviously, you've got your Georgias and your Alabamas um, that have you know even your LSU that are going to have your top three, four defenses, Uh, but Auburn can be right there at the bottom, like right there, just underneath them. D-Lock. I
2: think D-Lock's frozen again. He's frozen again. Lauren Collins says we're eagle.
1: Ah, yes, hold on. That was the comment. (laughs) There we go. Screenshot that.
2: Yeah, right, right, screenshot
1: that. Send it to all of your Georgia friends.
2: That's right. That's right. Let's. Uh, I'm going to continue going through. You guys continue hitting us with your questions. We are here to here to to discuss those. AJ Rivera mentioned that he thinks that Michigan may be the better running back room if you look at that group. Um and there's the argument. There. Yeah. And, um. There's the argument there.
1: Yeah. Then uh, you got AJ Keep it with AJ. You got the Gus Bus going to run the Big Twelve. Holy cow! I think we need to pump <laughs> the brakes a little bit. They're, it was Kenton State. You need to chill out. <laughs> With the Gus Bus, we in the Big Twelve.
2: <laughs> I don't know. I'm. I mean, I think Gus Malzahn. I think you'll have a ton of success in in the Big Twelve. Uh, not to mention the Big Twelve is just not good. Um, but uh, I think UCF is is probably going to return to their seat as one of the premier, if not the premier, group of five teams uh, under Gus Malzahn. I mean, that was, in my opinion, this is this is a conversation for quite literally two and a half years ago, but. The perfect fit for UCF. And the guy looks like he's having fun. So, I mean, like, let him have fun. Let him, let him run the table. I'm all behind UCF being a serious contender in the Big 12, quite frankly, this year.
1: And then, let's see, back to AJ. with the, Let's get, get some more Florida slander in here. Is Freeze going to steal some commits? And what's going to be the Florida mass jump ship? I mean, this is going to happen. It's going to happen in two locations for the Auburn for Hugh Freeze and the Auburn Tigers. I mean, <laughs> once Jimbo Fisher gets fired, Cam Coleman's right there, and then Florida now has uh, bukkwattles of of talent that can now be picked up once Billy Napier gets fired in a couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah,
2: um, I maybe I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I just I am sure Hugh Freeze. If there are guys in the portal, will go after them uh, because that's what Hugh Freeze does. Um, I mean, he really doesn't care if he thinks Auburn stands a chance or not. He thinks Auburn can stand a chance with anybody, which, by the way, folks, that's what Auburn's been missing. (laughs) is a guy that can recruit like that that says, I don't care if you don't have interest in my program. I'm going to tell you why you should. Um, And Hugh Freeze is, quite frankly, very good at that. So maybe, I mean, if if there's a jump ship, a massive jump ship from Florida. Unfortunately, um, in that regard, the University of Florida and and Daniel, uh, I'll kind of pick your brain here because I feel like you're a little more neutral in in this, in this regard, John definitely would fit for this as well. So feel free to chime in. It's one of those programs kids commit to because they want to play football from the university of Florida. It's not always the guy at the, at the, at the front of the ship. Then tell me if I'm wrong there.
3: Yeah. um, I definitely feel like that's the case. That's why kids were still committing to play for LSU. Even when they had their pretty significant down period, right after they won the national championship. Um, And that's why, you know, Alabama will always have good classes because people just want to play football for the University of Alabama. That's why Nebraska was able to stay somewhat relatively uh, relevant on the recruiting trail. Notre
2: Dame and USC fall that as well.
3: Absolutely, except Notre Dame's the greatest in the world. Um, <laughs> we all have our biases. That's mine. Um, the Georgia Institute of yeah.
2: Technology would like a word.
3: <laughs> so, yeah, um, I yeah. definitely think there's some truth to what you're saying.
2: I think there's some teeth there. I've got another one I want to highlight here, going back to earlier in the show. Um, talking about the Jarquez Hunter situation. And and, and I'm not going to get into super, super details. Um, John, I don't know how much you... How much did I enlighten you off-air about the Jarquez Hunter
4: situation? Uh, not a lot. Okay.
2: Um, Jarquez Hunter, um, subject to controversy in the offseason. That's pretty much all you need to know.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and... And we'll, once once uh, once we get a chance, I'll shoot you a text and send you, send you a couple of links so you can kind of read into it and won't take you very long. Um, Riley M. said, this has, let's keep the NCAA's eyes off of us so let's self-impose r- regarding the Jarquez situation kind of written all over it. I'm not I'm not going to touch the the sensitivity of the subject. Um, but I'm not going to say you're wrong. I, I certainly think that there's an element of, um, like, I, I, think, I think Ike said this earlier, Ike Jones said this earlier on the show, um, there had to be some kind of disciplinary action taken towards the Dark Rose Hunter. Um, when you break team policy, when you get involved in a controversy, um, regardless of what that looks like, like I said, I'm not commenting on, on the nature of all that, but when things like this happen, um, fellas, you, got, you have to do something. And uh, I, I, we, we avoid this conversation like the plague, Dylan, here on, on the loop, with good reason.
0: Yeah. Uh, but,
2: think... but there is an element of, you know, we kind of have neglected to mention that there has to be a consequence for Jarquez Hunter, um, in, in, in that regard, there has to be some kind of action taken, even if it's just as simple as outward appearances, right? Um, so much of it is, is uh, people-pleasing politics in the NCAA. Um, so, uh, I, I, Riley M., I think you're kind of spot on there. Let's right. see, do we have any other questions here? We got I
1: back to just getting some A.J. Rivera's going go back to go back-to-back. AJ, A.J. James, A.J. James.
2: Sure. Uh, going to
1: Shane Hooks. He fits the freezes. He fits freezes desire for a thousand yard wide receiver in his opinion.
2: I fellas, this is a reoccurring theme. Daniel, I know that you think it's on the table. Um, I, I think that I've heard you mention that and I, I, we've all talked to each other to death at this point. I don't know that a thousand yard receiver is on the table with the amount of rotations we've seen in this wide receiver room. I just, I just don't know what's in the cards because I don't think it's going to be set enough by the time we hit conference play. Am I crazy?
3: No. um, This offense is going to be in such a experimental stage or I feel like at bare minimum, half the season, Um, Hugh Freeze and Philip Montgomery are going to be throwing everything at the wall and seeing what sticks. So if you look at it um, in 2021 when Peyton Thorne had um, Javon Reed, I think his name was, at Michigan State, who uh, was a 1,000-yard receiver, um, my guy got 60 catches. Um, I just don't think an Auburn wideout's really going to get targeted that much this year. Um, I definitely think there's some capability of some guys to do it,
2: but I just don't think the Rocks can get there in their way enough. John, this kind of falls into your court, um, and I'm not asking you on specifics, um, but you, your, your alma mater um, hired you, – you were there when they hired Clay Hilton, correct?
4: Yes. Yes, I was.
2: So you were kind of there in the first year of, of a correctional um, campaign mm-hmm. uh, in terms of kind of redirecting the ship at, at Georgia Southern. And so you can kind of speak to this after witnessing it firsthand. How tough is it to establish an, an identity, um, on the, especially on the offensive side of the ball, when you've got a guy that's coming in and installing so much new stuff, I think Clay Helton at Southern certainly fits that bill.
4: Oh, yeah. It, it, it's 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 wild. Um, Daniel kind of alluded to, though, it, exactly what Clay Helton did this first year. He threw everything at the wall to see what stuck. We had games where we ran for, like, 250, 300 yards. We, that's what we've done our whole uh, time with Georgia Southern. It's kind of our bread and butter. But we also had top days where – Uh, Our quarterback was just told, hey, sling it 40, 50 times a game. Uh, That's how we beat James Madison. He has the most passing yards in a single game uh, uh, in George Southern's history, beating James Madison when they were ranked. Uh, We also had games early in the season where it was just – it was so weird because you had to try to find what worked for your team right then and there. Uh, That's what I think is going to be kind of what – not holds Auburn back from that idea of having a thousand yard receiver, but it's what's going to slow it down of, Hey, listen, we've got a lot to figure out offensively. Let's find our foundation. What is our foundation? I think for Auburn, it's all about limiting turnovers and controlling the game tempo the way that you like it. And you do that with your stable of running backs. Right. And so with that, I I think that you're not going to have a wide receiver. that's going to have a thousand yards. You may have a few, 600 700 yard receivers but the majority of your offense the majority of where that's going to come from is not going to come through the air it's going to come through controlling the tempo grinding it out and running the ball it's very different from a clay helton style of game Uh, uh going to georgia southern games my my freshman sophomore junior year those games were two and a half hours and it was over with and uh now with clay helton two and a half hours you're halfway through the third quarter um it's it's air raid and it's 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 Really, it's a, a lot slower of a game, but um, for Auburn, I, I think your main goal this year is find your identity, and I think you find your identity running through the trenches.
2: Now, Auburn's first games are, are, are against, obviously, UMass. We've beaten that horse to death. Um, and then next next week, we get a really fun week previewing Auburn at Cal. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that game's at like 10.30 Eastern. Um, so I'm actually going to watch that after a wedding. Shout out scheduling. Um, and then you get Sanford before you have to take on eventually Texas A&M. Is three weeks enough time? Is it enough to install? And this is open to to the general public, gentlemen. Is it enough time to build that identity that we're talking about? The defense, at some point by game five, the defense is going to be what it's going to be. Uh, That's kind of true. Yeah, A.J. Rivera says, wait, we play UMass this week? True, dude. I had kind of forgotten all about it. Um, But... Is, is is three weeks enough time with three non-cons, only one being a P5? Can you establish an offensive identity before you walk into College Station, one of the loudest venues in the country, and, and, and play your first true SEC road game?
1: Yeah, I think you can. Because uh, think of it, it's like the NFL preseason, basically. You kind of get, get three nothing games to kind of figure out what you're going to do offensively, and that's what... They're going to do for this and defensively Cal's as well. not a
2: nothing game. I'm sorry, buddy. Cal's not a nothing game.
1: And, uh, it's a glorified yeah. nothing game, but it's not a nothing game. <laughs> uh, but I, 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 Auburn's not going to lose to Cal. Uh, and, but I think you get three tune-up games before you get into Texas A&M, who at this point has kind of been a little tested at this point because they had, hopefully have just lost to Miami. And then, well, hopefully, I, I don't know. I want them to lose to Miami, but also I want to be the one that gets Jim Fisher fired. You're torn. I yeah. I I do love, I do love the
2: U. That's right. But I love the U. Daniel, I'll ask you. I'll ask you and John and both the same question. We'll we'll start wrapping this thing up because I I think we're kind of fizzling, which is fine. This has gone 240. Holy cow! We got three more comments. Is okay. Is 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 three games enough to establish an offensive identity?
3: No, not this year. I'm with you. Um, to have an offensive identity established by your fourth um game of the year, you need a couple things, not a quarterback where it's um, his first year with your program or um, one where you need a quarterback who played for your program the year before and maybe Damn, didn't like start, a but yeah, at, at least like play a lot the year before you need that. Um, and you need returners all over the board and you just don't have that. So basically it's why I said, you need, like you need experience and, there's some experience there, but not in an Auburn uniform.
2: Putting a bow on that before John, I'm gonna let you let you run. I'm gonna echo what Daniel said. He's over here actually. I'm I'm, trying, I'm doing the Daniel thing where I can't point. Um, continuity, right? I think that's the that's the buzzword. You you need more continuity than what Auburn has this year. Do I think Auburn can be a very good football team this year in terms of exceeding ex- people's expectations? Absolutely. Do I think that you have an offensive identity clearly defined by by Texas A&M and going to play in Aggie Land? No, I, I I just I don't I don't I don't think that that's enough time, and you don't have a quality enough opponent before then to really really gel. Especially when John, this whole offensive line's not played together, man. Like like what what can you do there? Throw me a bone here.
4: Yeah, no, I uh, I'm, I'm actually it's it's really fun the the comparisons. Um, looking at my alma mater in Georgia Southern and Auburn, different situations in many, um, obviously completely different conferences that play completely different styles of football. But for me, the big thing is, is Georgia Southern had those same type of deals. We had, not only was our offensive line completely different in terms of, we had, I think three of our five new uh, starters. We had three three of five new guys playing, but they had to go from our returning guys or guys that were there had to beef up. They had to get bigger. They had to learn how to pass protect because all they learned was how to run the ball. All they learned was how to move and swing. And so it didn't take us probably our first six, seven weeks to really get our offensive identity down. We were winning games at that point, but our offense would just looked different each week because it wasn't exactly what we needed. And so for Auburn, it's going to be hard to get there. By, by week four uh, against A&M. But I will say, uh, you know, Dylan kind of talked about it. You can use these three games kind of as a preseason, almost make Cal your dress rehearsal game. If you're going to run the most, you know, the most of your playbook that you want to run or you want to try to fit your identity into what Auburn football is going to look like, do it against Cal. Because against Sanford, you can kind of just – You know, throw stuff at the wall, see what sticks, you know, try things that maybe you wouldn't try against an Arkansas, against an Ole Miss. Uh, Use uh, UMass just to get through, get something, get the people excited about, get through it, find some things that you want to clean up. But use Cal as your dress rehearsal. Use Cal as that game to really open up that offense and see what that identity is supposed to look like. Maybe not this year, but next year and years moving forward.
2: Right on, Dylan. You want to get us to those last couple of questions, and let's get out of here.
1: Yeah, and then just James Barnett again, uh, talking about the quarterbacks. Remember that coach, that Hugh Freeze did say that Thorne has to play well to keep his job. I don't think that's coach speak.
2: I do. I, I mean, I don't think Peyton Thorne can go out and sneak it up, but I, I think his job's a little safer than most people might think it is.
1: Robbie time.
2: Yeah, okay. <laughs> Daniel, and then, you want to time in on that at all. Um, Thorne. Yeah, he's the guy. We got a pred-
1: <laughs> Let's keep it rolling we got a prediction from aj Rivera. we got 34 13 auburn gonna win but not be too dominant i think
2: don't hate that Next. Don't
1: and we got yeah. james barnett for the last comment from another looper fellas i have a question as it relates to quarterback what game do you think we would need to play robbie
2: the most because of the opponent's defense georgia yeah, uh, I, I think it's plain and simple. I think I think it's clear cut. Um, you pull all the tricks out of the bag. You pull all stops. Um, LSU certainly important, and you throw them into that mix. But Georgia's first, um, and I I mean that's a brutal stretch because you get a lot of Robbie Ashford packages and needs to be healthy. But you're going to need to throw him out as a decoy. You're going to need to do goofy stuff because if you're going to be if you're going to lose to Georgia, you can lose to them anywhere between three points and thirty points. If you're going to beat Georgia, you're going to beat him by like two. And and you're gonna to have to pull out all the stops. I I think it's clearly Georgia. Thank two's highballing there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that one.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah. Uh if there was such a thing as half a point.
1: <laughs> I'm I'm torn because I think AM is probably that game. Uh because AM for what they lack offensively, they do have a pretty good defense. So you're gonna have to do a little bit more offensively to get the ball moving so you can get uh, get Jimbo Fisher moving out of College Station very soon after that. Uh, but yeah, I think Texas AM is going to be that game.
2: Any other thoughts on that one? All right. Gentlemen, this one has been a blast. John, thanks for hopping back on. Lauren College, <laughs> more eagle back on there. Um, if you've not already, like, subscribe, and ring the bell right here on the YouTube. This is a very long uh, episode. that We only expected this to be a two-hour kickoff. I'm not mad that it went 245. We started it with John Conley. We ended it with John Conley. And you know what? I'm, damn it, I'm happy about it. Daniel Locke, tell everybody where they can find you, love you, and support you. And let's go to sleep.
3: Uh, Twitter, Daniel J. Locke. Um, Instagram, TheDanielLocke. Threads, the Daniel Locke. Um, Hmm. I'm not going to give you my Snapchat. <laughs> um, some written work. Uh, Auburn Daily Braves today. Eighteen Nineteen News. Get at me over there. Um, I've been working hard. Been grinding. i Haven't been sleeping. I've been trying to get content out for you. So uh, go check
2: it out if you. If Always you work. Want. Always on his grind set, John. You already shouted yourself out. I'm just going to say John Lee Forty Nine. Right.
4: That's right, John Lee Forty Nine right. on everything. Yep.
2: Thanks for hanging out with us again, our G5 analyst, John Conley. Always a pleasure to have him on the show, back on the show. I Maybe mean, twice in one day, guys. You got the John Conley double feature. Um, so you're you're su- super welcome for that. I'm here sitar at by Her-Sitar, the bird app, X app, whatever you want to call it. Also at by Hair Threads if you want to come hang out. Like I said, like, subscribe, ring the bell right here on, on the YouTube guys. We want to be at thousand at the end of this football season. Um, and and you guys are the reason we can keep doing this. You guys are the reason the war report took a took a took a, took a giant gamble on us and and man we are just over the moon proud to be part of this team we are kicking butt and taking names this year make sure you follow along with our friends over at the Uptempo podcast dustin and blake they were on earlier today mike and ike they were on that's so fun to say by the way mike and ike they were on earlier today from the war report we have got dogs on dogs on dogs just pumping out content for you guys and it is absolutely unequivocally the most fun thing i've done in, in the auburn media sphere i'm having a great time you guys are the reason um, share the good word. Let's keep building this loop family. Grab your your loop enthusiast feeling loopy T-shirt rather. We don't need to throw up on, on the graphic right now. You guys know where to get it. It's in the description right here. I'm once again asking for you to like, subscribe, and ring that damn bell. Dylan, tell everybody where to find us, love us, and support us.
1: Well, before I do that, let me just go ahead and shout out everybody else that was on the show tonight. You got John Lee, who just announced his Twitter, Got Vince Wolfram at Vince Wolfram15 at The War Report, both at TWR Jones and at Mike Gittins. Believe me, I know y'all are already following them. You also got at The Tempo Pod with at Dustin or DM Mashad, I believe that's how you say it, 28. And then you got Hillman at Jacob Hillman, AU, Jacob Waters at Jacob Waters underscore, and then Zach Card at Zach Card underscore as well we want to thank everybody for tuning in we want to thank everybody for showing up and uh i love talking i love doing live streams we definitely should do this more often because yes. i love i love conversing with all the all the fellow loopers out there and as hard said, go get your feeling loopy shirt it might be starting a hashtag very soon just hashtag feeling loopy and we might potentially we didn't start, start it. it
2: john conley started it for us exactly tried,
1: right, we're gonna start doing that so maybe in the future Maybe y'all could just get some free feeling Loopy merch. Maybe that could happen very soon. I don't know whose budget that's
2: coming out of, but let's get out of here.
1: (laughs) Of course, I'm Dylan Lark at your boy, The Tank, on Twitter slash X. It redirects, and it's just right there, first try. Just want to rub that in a little bit on both of y'all. And, of course, you also have me on Instagram at Dylan Lark at D-Y-L-E-N-L-E-R-C-K. And then you can also follow us here at The College Loop. Like, comment, subscribe here on the YouTube. We want to get to 1,000 just so our intern, now full-time employee, Colin Byersdorf, will have to run the MySpace that he has to make. And we had he has to make that dagum TikTok. He has still not done that. He does. Well, of course, you have us on social media as well. You have us on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, and, of course, Twitter slash X. And you, of course, have us on YouTube again, where you should like, comment, subscribe. Cannot emphasize that enough. And if you're tired of seeing our faces, I don't blame you. Look at Tar. Look at him. Yeah. Okay, let, it, let it sink in. Just Look oh, at, him right at John now. and it feels better. Yeah. I mean, it, you're lucky that Mike is just in the middle of his face. Uh, <laughs> but if you're tired of seeing it, I completely get it. You can go check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music. But with all that being said, I'm going to throw up Lauren one more time. She loves us and the college loop.
2: War Eagle, guys. War Eagle. All football in two <laughs> and, days.
1: Auburn football in one day, if you're watching this, because it's now very late. So if you're watching it tomorrow after the starter came out one day away, but with all that being said, this has been the college loop podcast.